has finally sprung and you know what that means it's time to go out to a public park and go derfing you're listening to polygonometry this is a family sit down talk cast where each week i sit down with a member of my family and we talk about what it's like growing up in like the mid 1800s ish in mormon stuff and uh you know i was thinking about the concept of family and you know the polygonometry family has been expanding at an exponential rate seriously i got people listening in from south korea Czech Republic, Romania, Papua New Guinea, Ireland, top of the morning to all of you. And that has been on my mind, and I figured, you know what? I need to have somebody who's a part of my family in a little bit more of a fast and furious sense, you know? Like, the, I mean, you've seen those movies where Vin Diesel's just like, it's all about the family, um, you know? And so I decided to grab my uh, one of my comedy buddies. He's a staple in the stand-up scene out here, out in Spokane, and, and uh, he's a former Mormon, and he was like, you know what? I heard about your podcast, dude. Like, do you think I could be on? And I was like, dude, that would be a sweet conversation to have. We get into some pretty wild theories, specifically focused on Joseph Smith's habitual use of psychedelics. What? Is that is that blasphemous? It might be. So I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation that I have with my good buddy, Theo Blue. Ligonometry. But yeah, so as you've noticed, I've already hit record. Um, oh, shit. Okay, so, all right, I might as well tell you kind of what the deal is. So, what I do I've usually... I've blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone who's listening at home. I didn't expect this to be outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So, um, basically, I just start a conversation, and then I usually put in the theme song and the intro- introduction mm. beforehand. But since it's you and we're not technically related, yeah. unless we want to dig down that rabbit hole, and we might be able to find out how we're related. Tanners. Tanners <laughs> is the big Mormon name for me. Okay, yeah, Tanners. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know of any Tanners. That's okay. They're all over California. But okay. like, in, as far as lineage goes, Pioneers, we were part of that. Did it. Sweet. Um, so much fun. Apparently, I'm related. There's like an old Mormon story where like, they're getting attacked by Native Americans, and one of the little girls like speaks in the language to them. It's like a pi- old pioneer story. Oh shit! Now I want to look it up. Um, I'm pretty sure that is an ancestor of mine. Pretty sure that the daughter that like spoke the language just by God. Um, she was speaking in tongues, or a, no, no. It was, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, a very yeah, speaking in tongues, yeah. but not. <laughs> There's that, and then and then involvement in temples and building them and other stuff like that. Um, they funded like the, one of the, I think it was Nauvoo or one of the early early ones where they like were having troubles building it, and then my great great grandfather or whatever stepped in and okay. funded it. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> so, so what did your great grandpa do then? I don't remember. Uh, see, I don't want. <laughs> He was a businessman. He was a businessman. Business doing business then. <laughs> That's awesome. But no. like we have like a ton of like books in our ancestry and other things like that that I need to go down regardless. Like, but should have done that earlier. <laughs> well, that's all right. We don't have to uh <laughs> we don't have to uh go down and I don't think I can afford an ancestry.com subscription right now Maybe. to figure that out. Um, it's either that or tithing and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have you gone to the Family History Museum? 
in Salt Lake? No, I have not. Oh, dude. Theo, you need to go. Okay. It's it's so dope because they have like an old dude who's like his church calling. He's like it, it, an old missionary guy who just mm-hmm. wants to have a job basically. And he, they greet you at the door. They're kind of like an usher oh, yeah. almost. And he's like, so is this your first time? Like the first time you go in, it's like, oh, is this your first time here? And it's they all s- volunteers and yep. just there because they love it. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they, uh, they bring you in and you just basically go and sit down in this giant room full of desktop compu- uh, computers. Mm-hmm. And they sit down, they make your own account, and they have, like, your birth date, your name. Like, what's the name of your parents? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they jump in, and you just type in your name, what year you were born, and then it just goes, and you have your entire pedigree, like, mapped out for you. It's wild. Yeah, wild. dude. So my grandparents are very big on that. Okay, uh, My of grandfather course. particularly <laughs> is, like, hundreds of thousands of names he's collected. Damn. Like, that's what he does in his free time is he works on the computer and Skypes with people who have issues with, like, Ancestry or whatever website it is. So he, tons of temple service, other stuff like that, but, like, heavy, heavy, heavy into family history and has, like, tremendously so. Dug on both sides of our family because he's just that guy who just, like, keeps digging. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this. He's just into it. Yeah, he's, he's cataloged like our family history back so far. It's crazy. And that's like all he spends his time on. That and he's like a swimmer. Like, <laughs> he's like 80, or he's pushing 90 this year and going to the Senior Olympics because he's Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. So, like, I, I come from, on my mom's side, like the Mormon, 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 like the, 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 like classic modern Mormon. stereotypical like, exactly yep. Handy, like he'll he'll bring up the bible to the waitresses except multiple missions very very in it very involved and very involved in the family with it damn um, your grandpa's like isis level mormon yeah dude he's he's committed <laughs> and he's so good at it too he's, he's really so good at, good at mormoning <laughs> <laughs> he's so good at mormoning yeah. <laughs> so him my grandmother live extremely clean and will like they're pushing 90 this year and still swimming and biking daily and dude that's so dope it's wild so good that, for them yeah it's it's that benefits of clean living mm-hmm. more than anything man those guys are like eat so clean and then fitness every single day into their 90s dude, it's wild yeah. that is so rad yeah no uh <laughs> it's that that idea of clean living is kind of interesting because there's so many people that I've known that have passed away who have gotten you know you know, cancer and, and, and all these, you know, various diseases. I mean, cancer is kind of a typical one because there's not mm. anyone I don't think that's alive that doesn't nobody who's, or at least like yeah. two degrees removed from someone who's has, you know, has had cancer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been curious about it because there's those stories of those people who are like, oh, you're 112 years old. Like, what's the secret to long life? It's like six packs a day. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's always like, I, I guess it comes down to genetics and, and, mm. and that kind of thing too. But but yeah, dude, the thing about I, when I was in college, I had this uh, this teammate on the track team who was Mormon mm-hmm. and we I went to a private Catholic university. So he was the only Mormon on campus and I was the only fundamentalist Mormon on campus. Hmm. And that kind of stepped on my toes a little bit because as you know, when you're the only Mormon on a Catholic campus, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so uh, I I was talking to him about Mormonism and, and talking about how I grew up and everything. And and he would constantly rip on everybody on the track team who went out and drank after meets. Uh-huh. He's like, it's so bad for you guys. It's so bad for you. And then my buddy, uh, he was a javelin thrower. He looked at him. He's like, well, at least I'm having fun, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm having fun. I'm I'm 19. I'm supposed to be doing this. 
you know? Yeah. Like, he's like, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's not the way. And it's like, well, what do you do when you're 19? He's like, well, you're supposed to go on a mission. And you da 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 And then he goes into the whole spiel. Yeah. He was one of those annoying Mormon Mormons. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you could be Mormon and not a stick in the mud. Like. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. You don't need to just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, people don't see the line for proselytizing sometimes because you come up in such a, a community where it's like, keep talking about it. Yeah. Keep talking about it and be a great example. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so some people take that to heart and like, and use that as like, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's gross. It's gross. But, and that's like, that's one of the things that led me away from it is that, that like virtue signaling. And it's, it's no, it's not the Mormons in particular. It's any organized religion. You get a group of people together weekly talking about how to be better. Everyone's going to talk about how good they are. Yeah. Right. And I am all for people getting together and talking about like, how can we be better? Like, oh, that's totally beautiful. How, who have we not looked out for in the community? Other things like that. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. But as soon as it's like, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. You get that virtue signaling. It's, you get that high horse and other things like that. And like the platinum families and other oh, things like dude. that. Oh, dude. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's, and that word and the term virtue signaling, I think has kind of been hijacked a little bit just in recent mm. years, you know, but it is, you're, you're exactly right. That's what it is. And it's just like when you sit down and, and you, you nailed it on the head with like, how can we help people who are less fortunate than us mm -hmm. and like that kind of thing. So it's like the, the disconnect between their own responsibility in being in a good, like being a good example. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> me too. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, just sitting down and being like, well, I mean, I'm doing everything right. Mm. So it's like, well, that doesn't mean that just automatically invalidates everything that you're about to say next. Exactly. Because you're just coming off as a total douche, mm. you know, and, and you're right. It happens everywhere. Yeah. It's, it it's not exclusive to Mormonism at all. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting as well because it's, it's there's so many like symbols and around it. It's the white shirts, the where you sit in the chapel, what time you show up, etc. What meetings we make, you don't. It's 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 interesting because it infringes slightly. This is where like the beauty of Mormonism is like it's that gray area between cult and religion where it, it really is neither, <laughs> right? But it's it's it's. Oh, the, you don't think it's either? I, I well, clearly it's a religion, but like okay. it's 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 not like any other religion in the sense of where it demands a lot from its its uh, congregants, whatever. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> That's and a word. It, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a sound that we connected. We're happy on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, where the fuck was that with that terrible word? Uh, you um, talk about how uh, flirting the line, the gray area yes. between. Um, yeah, so it, it demands a lot, and it, it, through your social circles, revolve around that. Mm -hmm. And with that, you get a very strong community. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's I think that step farther that is what makes it stand out. It demands okay. a lot. It demands a high standard, and it's it's very focused to feed in and in and into the community. Like an yeah. internally self-sustaining system almost. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's like you are, you are a member of this organization. So now what that means is that you help the or the organization itself mm -hmm. instead of like going out and doing things in, in, in other ways and other areas. I mean, there's that too, mm -hmm. for sure. Of course. And, and it's all, on, you can live it as much as you want. Like, of True. course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there's like definitely this, this idea where you only care, like, you know, you have, I mean, people experience it, and again, this is not, like, just singled out to Mormonism, yeah. but, like, you take care of your own in a mm -hmm. really interesting way. And when you have so many members across the globe of, uh, you know, Mormonism and everything, like, that's an instant, like, oh, we're best friends now. Yeah, like, and you're you're on the same step. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't, yeah. There's no backlog. It's me and my girlfriend the same way. We both came from very similar families. Mm -hmm. We both left about the same times. We're both from like 15 minutes from each other. So yeah. when we met after high school years later, yeah. like we kind of knew each other through high school. I, I 
didn't remember her. She's been to my house, been to party. <laughs> <laughs> we, I met her on Tinder uh, years later. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, she was forgettable. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did forget. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's because we don't have to like delve into that. Like it's it's it, that was one thing I was thinking about. Like coming on was like I haven't really like hashed it out with Mormonism in a long time. Oh, you want to? Let's I mean, let's jump in. Man. I thought that was the point. So <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, I haven't hashed out with it because it's 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 a settled thing with me and my girlfriend. And at this point, whatever conversation we have about it is more about the church as a whole and not really our experience. Oh, because people okay. are like, oh, you're Mormon. So what that what does that entail? Mm-hmm. And it definitely goes into more like the beliefs of Mormonism. Sure. Right? And sure. so personally, I haven't looked into it because it's clearly had a heavy effect in who I am. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. How um, could it not? You exactly. Know? Yeah. And I was very into it. Like balls deep till I was 17. Such an amazing way to describe it. <laughs> I, I I didn't say the F word until I was seventeen. Like I was like no really? radar movies. Dude, I was straight, like very into it. But like now you're so gay, so gay. <laughs> and me and my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what 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 point did you step away from it? And uh, what, I was, what I was, led into that? Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about it on the show before a little bit, but. Uh, basically what it came down to for me was the incongruence between how, or like what the people in leadership roles would, were saying above, like, you know, over the pulpit mm-hmm. in church versus like the stories I heard about how they acted in their real lives. And that level of disconnect was something I was like, wait a Whoa, second here. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much more that goes into it, but so it like heavy facade for, from the pulpit. Um, not That's what he- you're saying. Or? Well, well, heavy, I don't know if heavy would be a, a, the most accurate way to describe it, at least from my experience. I mean, mm-hmm. there might be people who have that opinion for sure. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was like, you know, you would hear about how you have to respect women and treat them well and, and all this stuff. And keep in mind, this is fundamentalism, mm-hmm. you know? So I saw heartache that was like people's baseline. Like that's how they operated, you know, like specifically the women of the community. Operated just in heartache. Is what in heartache. That, that was, was that baseline. was, that was like, if you remove everything else, you remove the, you know, you remove the stress. Like, okay, yeah. So you got your car fixed and you don't have to worry about house payments. Mm-hmm. Where are you at without stress? And I think the baseline is just this ache of wanting and this lack of worthiness almost that, the, that people feel huh. because, you know, when you're a multiple or you're, you know, in a polygamous relationship and you're a woman, you're automatically as you're automatically put on a schedule. If that makes sense. Right. You, well, you got to schedule your week. Exactly. Well, yeah. And, and, and the idea, not so much literally, but like a little bit more symbolically of like, you are now just a thing I have to write down, you know, hmm. for the guy, like the guy is like, okay, this is my obligation instead of my lover and my partner. It's just another piece on the list. It, in a sense, yeah, or? yeah, in a way, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, but I, I honestly don't know much about it. I haven't okay. personally experienced it. I've done like minimal amount of research sure. on it, and of course, growing up around Mormons, you know it. But yeah. really, I had no so, personal reference on that one. Yeah, that, that was a question that I had for you because growing up in Logan and and, and that area, right, the Cache Valley. Yeah, okay. Hiram was where I was from. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. So. Like when you were growing up, what was the conversations around polygamy specifically? It was, that's a good question. I, I, I minimum, okay. absolutely minimum. It was, it was a thing of the past and it was in a sense, something that might've been necessary at the time because of the, the need for followers and the rapid growth that the church was demanding. Was, uh, was that what you were taught? 
I think that that's the thing is I, I can't tell if that was the conversation involved or my impressions from it. Okay. Um, because my, my, my parents also were very like super laid back. Like, like okay. very, I was the third kid, fourth okay. kid, excuse me. <laughs> Out of how many? Four to five. Four to five. Okay. Um, but like my parents were always like very laid back and let it like kind of just let the ship steer itself. Okay. Um, in an interesting way. So it wasn't like, like, I don't know. And yeah, surrounding polygamy specifically, it's just like now some people do that and whatever it is. Um, my mom had a sewer. So my mom designs purses and other things like that. And one okay. of her sewers was X Men and Night, um, oh. and, and was part of that and all the, the heavy sides of that. But and the high quality products from from those folks, yeah, dude. Um, so oh yeah. so dope. Craftsmen, yeah. they, they last forever. Yeah. So she left and like left her whole community and had to like learn how to self sustain herself. So okay. my mom picked her up and she sold for her. And okay. so that that was my exposure was Rose. Rose okay. would pick up purses and she wore a blue dress. All right. Yeah. <laughs> was it always a blue dress? Generally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how like the, 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 the idea of impressions where like Rose, yeah, she wore a blue dress and, and I don't mean to jump subject too quickly, but like oh, that, that idea of like you see someone do something for, you know, on multiple occasions, it's like blade blades hat guy now. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> just because he wore a hat or, you know, every time he performs now he's like hat guy. <laughs> it's it's because there was a dramatic shift between not hat guy <laughs> and hat guy. Okay, I mean, Blade, so I, I, I've always I've, I've worked with Blade for me and Blade wrote forever. Like all through twenty twenty, we wrote together. Yeah, um, I fucking love Blade, dude. He's so dope. But and he's so funny. And he was he, he the first time he put on the hat, he had like the best set I've seen him in a long time. Like, oh really? It was like oh an experience where like it was all of a sudden like holy shit the hat like it was the hat he had a killer set. And it was like, it was just coming back from quarantine. So no one has seen him that often. Yeah. And the big difference between that one and the last one was the hat. <laughs> and so he hasn't taken the hat off to sleep. He, <laughs> he wears it when he showers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you at home listening who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, <laughs> uh, Theo and I have a, uh, a buddy in the comedy scene who, who's known as Hat Guy. And uh, whenever he gets on stage, people, I mean, I've heard hat guy chants. I mean, probably just from you and me. Yeah, yeah most likely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hat guy, hat guy. Um, but anyway, the, just the idea of like, oh, yeah, Rose, she wore a blue dress. And yeah. that impression was automatically there. And that's the association immediately. Yeah. And it's no, it's no deeper. Yeah. Like, and, and that's how it's settled. Are you sure it's no yeah. deeper thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think something's very repressed here. Like, <laughs> I could sit and have you sit on the red couch and be like, so interesting. Uh, what do you Red couches. Oh, shit. <laughs> this takes me right back. Dude, okay. So the color red. I don't know why I thought of this. Okay. Mm. So this is wild. All right. Okay. And uh, we'll get back to what you're talking about in a second. <laughs> but uh, in the AUB, like where I grew up yes. in Pinesdale, Montana, um, there has been this split. We call it the great apostasy of 2015. Whoa. Um, I didn't know there was like any recent apostasies. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because have you listened to any of the episodes so far? I listened to the first episode with your granddad, and then I found okay. History of Rome, which is a two hundred part podcast series. Oh shit! On the the history of Rome. Okay, yeah, I can't so compete with that. I, I, I've been falling down that hard, but <laughs> no, that's, to that's totally fine. It's been like two months, and it's the same voice in my head for like eight hours a day at this point. Oh, that's it's, fine. I'm so in it; it's ridiculous. That's but, so dope. Um, I loved it and want to get back to listening to more of them. It okay, was so yeah. so anyway, uh, in the in the group where I grew up with the Great Apostasy, basically the shortened version is. Uh, the prophet incumbent uh, got dinged with um, accusations of sexual assault. Okay. Um, rocked the community down to its very core. 
because how the, dramatic a sexual assault? Uh, I can't remember exactly. Dramatic's a poor word for that. Um, yeah, let's yeah. say yeah. You have, yeah, he's doing it while he has jazz hands. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> the flair. He had so much flair. <laughs> oh, Dude, some of the. <laughs> Theo, some of the victims listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, oh god! Anyway, I hope that our humorous approach to that tragic, in- those tragic incidences, can help heal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, he uh, <clears throat> he was, you know, outed as this, and it's corroborated, solid. It happened. Yeah. You know, it's not speculation, all that stuff. Um, and it split the group in two, basically. Well, it, it fractured the group, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time, you had the people who split and were like, we don't follow this guy because of what he did. Mm-hmm. But we still believe in polygamy and Joseph Smith and the tenants. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Section 138, blah, blah, blah. And so you had that group. And then the other group was the tried and true, no, he is our prophet, see and revelator. So... What he says goes. God chose him. It's done. God cho- yeah, exactly. Yeah, the word is done. Yep. And so the people who followed him, taking it back to the color red. <laughs> Have you seen the movie The Village? No. Oh, shit. I'm like super young, dude. I'm like really young. No. I know it's, it's a problem. It's an M. Night Shyamalan No, I know. I, I know of it and I really should see it, but okay. yeah, yeah. I know it's premise, I'm pretty sure. It's okay. either that or The Hills Have Eyes. I'm mixing them up. Vague premises. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically in that show, The, <laughs> the Village... It's essentially this story of this, you know, old-timey village mm-hmm. um, that is very puritanical in their belief systems and everything else. And so, part- like, high-functioning. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, but essentially, the, uh, one of the tenets of their belief system is the color red is evil. Okay. Completely. Anything that's red gets buried, right? Uh, a, huh. a red flower blooms. They see it and they get scared and they, you know, you know, dig it out of the ground and they bury it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of these monsters that live on the in the woods on the outside of this village. Um, and basically, the color red, like they they reference it throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of red motifs as far as like cinematography is concerned, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, in the group, the AUB, the color red has been deemed over the pulpit as an unsacred color. Oh, boy. Because... That's, like, such a bold level of censorship, dude. It, it's dude, wild. <laughs> so, like, you don't wear red dresses. You don't wear red lipstick. And it's obviously, it's mainly geared towards the women wearing red, uh-huh. right? Because it's the color of seduction and tempting and, you know... you know. This is, so, like, Montana Republicans, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It's so interesting when, like, it, it's like, yeah, but not that shit. Like, right? <laughs> oh, they, they, they like, pick and choose. Yeah, it's, it's wow, a color. I, it's that's so far out. Like, it's a, that you Isn't can it? deem that. And then it, it's like, well, we'll just figure out how to color out the paintings. Like, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's like that to that point, but yeah, like, I, I mean, it's, I think, I mean, from what I've heard, and I'm more than willing to be wrong about this, yeah. um, but this is just what I've heard is that like, since the, since 2015, there has been something coming down from quote unquote on high that deemed <laughs> the color red, a, uh, a, a seductive color and a, a, col- a, the color of Satan and temptresses. What, I think is what it was. What side is saying that the guy that the, the ones that stuck with the guy who cho- was chosen by God? Yes, that guy. So the people. So now they're like, it was Red's fault. 
Um, <laughs> I just saw it and I lost track of everything. You know Wait, how you mean- Satan is in the color red. Uh, I was, there was red everywhere at There's the time. Red. It's very different now, I yeah. understand, but there was red everywhere then. And- Anytime I bleed, I feel like I'm sinning, to be honest. <laughs> Um, what? Yeah, but yeah, dude, it's wild. Whoa, that's such a like. Th- what's interesting is when you have, have these like small town or s- like small time religions, and and and, and no, way, I don't know the scope of your religion, but as far as in a community, oh, it's, it's small time. Okay. It's small time. Yeah. I figured. I, I honestly had not heard of him before I met you. Yeah, um, yeah. But but when you have that, and you have like one person who is deemed the knower, the knower gets weird. Yeah. Like, like, and, and like starts getting like personal and like, and like weirdly revealing and what they decide and deem God is coming through them. Yeah. It's, it's, I, had, I can't remember what quote, fantastic quote the other day I heard was, um, God is just you, the, the voice in your head, but a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, that's God to you. It's your voice just a little deeper. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, that's a great way to describe it. I think that's so awesome. Um, <laughs> I mean, depending. oh, that was coast to coast last night, dude. Coast to coast. Do you listen to Coast to Coast? I have not. And it's it's like this late night spooky ghosts, aliens, conspiracy theories, all of the above. Last night it was like Jesus and cannabis, and it was awesome. You had no like way. pastors calling in, being like, "I just want you to know that I am highly offended by it," because the guy was talking about how like a sweet vinegar or a sour drink or something that Jesus had right before he died. Yeah. So like, I can't remember. The, and this is this is me driving home from the mic last night, listening to Coast to Coast, which is awesome. Coast can't, coast to coast. Coast to coast. AM. Okay. Um, it's like eleven p.m. to like four in the morning or something like that. It's a midnight show. It's a call-in show, so you get a bunch of weirdos. Oh, dude. But last night was some guy who was like a drug ethnologist or something like that. You know how I am with words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but a guy who study, studies hallucinogenic plants and other highs and altered states and stuff like that and applying that to Christ and all that, which is a whole other interesting thing. Um, I okay, have no so idea this guy's validity. Coast to coast will go anywhere with anyone. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. So what was, I mean, regardless of the validity, I, I'm just curious what this guy's, uh, what, what drum was he beating, basically? He was saying... Christ was administered weed or something like that. It was it was mostly focused on cannabis, which was interesting because compared to Christianity, that's such like a minor thing. Okay. Um, in the sense of like like I think there's there's the the acacia bush and other things like that where like there are symbols of drugs and other things like that, mushrooms and stuff like that throughout Christology. Christology. <laughs> Christianity. <laughs> Jeez. Um, that was a real blend of sounds yeah. for sure. Jesus. <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's symbols of that throughout it, and it's whether those symbols were adapted by, like, a, a conquered tribe trying to preserve their religion or whatever it is. Sure, sure. Um, but it's cannabis is such a minor one compared to, like, the, the other big contenders, like psilocybin and DMT and other things like that. They're yeah, so have, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have, but have you heard of the idea that the burning bush was actually got Moses high? Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. The, I, the, the acacia bush, it's high in DMT and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. fascinating shit. And, yeah. and you can look into, like, the, the, the ties of Christ being a mushroom. And like the Wait, story of what? Christ being a representation of the mushroom, and the the, the tie is uh, it's, Jesus it's, Christ. It's such a stoner thought. It is so, oh and of God. course I've divin divin. Holy cow, dude! <laughs> do you need do you need me to flip my laptop around so you can like find the I'm word? I'm gonna Google as I'm going. <laughs> Good God! Um, dove deep. Okay. Um, okay. So it, hold on. You you, hit, you peppered me with a lot right there. Um, so first off, Jesus is a mushroom. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I haven't met the guy personally, uh, (laughs) but 
Uh, it, it comes from, it's, and again, this is like super stoner research forever ago. Um, but interesting stuff, and a lot of it came out of the Dead Sea Scrolls, if I remember right, again. Oh, interesting. Um, but it's, it's, the idea is, is Christ, the word Christ comes from Christos. Christos. Which is a type of mushroom that, that is, means like the in, insemination of God. Um, the idea is rain is God inseminating the earth. And after rain, these mushrooms pop up, and uh, you you taste it back in Christianity and stuff like that with the paintings of the halos. You can see like mushroom gills in the halos oh, and other things like my that. God, dude, it, it goes way far back, and and that's the thing. It's it's I'm like very split between like, or I'm pro- it's probably both with a little bit of God, of sure. like uh, mushrooms, UFOs, and then like it's just a little of like a spiritual being. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the most interesting people I've had in the show so far. It's amazing. Oh my God, dude, I just looked it up and it's, I just typed in Christos mushroom and Wikipedia fucking saving the day. Dude, Santa for sure a mushroom. Amanita muscaria. Um, okay. For sure. It's a, it's the classic fairy tale mushroom. It's red and white. There it is. Um, it was used by Siberian shamans who would feed it to the reindeers and the sensation of the high was like you're flying. Holy right, shit. so these guys to dry Dude, them this out. Is all, every okay for those of, for those of you listening at home, I am looking at Wikipedia as Theo is talking, and everything that he's saying is being verified by <laughs> Wikipedia right now. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Um, yeah, so these Siberian shamans. They oh, would okay. Dry so hold on. So the Amanita muscaria is Santa, not Jesus. Okay, Santa. Yeah. All right. Um, Amanita muscaria, though, there are questions about that being tied to Joseph Smith in an interesting way. Holy I'm shit. loose on okay. that research. Okay, yeah. we need to put a pin in that one because that <laughs> is a road I want to travel down. We'll, with we'll you. go down that one. I'm yeah. But the Amanita muscaria, for those of you who don't know what it looks like, it is the stereotypical toadstool. Yeah. Right. White stock, red cap, white mm-hmm. speckles on the top. Not a hallucinogen. It's a okay. dissociative. Um, so it, the high is much closer to PCP than necessarily your psilocybin. Gotcha. Um, I've never had it. It's not one. I, it didn't sound like a great high. There's a lot of like darkness in that high I've heard. Sure. And, like, okay. Um, drunkenness and heavy and weird. Um, it's a uh, weird one. Okay. Um, but Siberian shamans loved it. Dead of the winter, everyone was taking them. They would, <clears throat> excuse me, they would um, dry them out in trees, pine trees. Okay. And like Christmas trees. <clears throat> That was a good one. That was really airy. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's better. Oh, there's more. Dude, I'm going to have to edit those jokes out, man. <laughs> no, you're not. Don't worry. I'm fine with them. Um, <laughs> it's part of part of the mouth noises. Those were actually words I was trying to form. <laughs> yeah, Christology. Uh. <laughs> um, so they would dry them in the trees, like ornaments, red orbs, bulbs. Sure. Right? Yeah. They would, because the snow was so high, the teepees or whatever their structures were, I'm pretty sure it was teepees, but I'm loose on yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um they would climb through the top of the smokestack to get um, house to house because the snow was so high. You wouldn't enter through the front door. You oh. would go in and out through the chimney. Okay. There's like, there's so much in like, like Santa was the red and white, the, el- no the elves are way. like tie more into psilocybin where people see elves with psilocybin and DMT and stuff like that. I mean, from my experience yeah. with those uh, <laughs> chemicals, it's very, uh, yeah, it holds weight. Did you, have you seen anything that's not there doing it? Like, with, have you seen any elves or anything like that? Uh, no, I mean, but just the idea of, <laughs> of seeing things that are, like, pretty fantastical. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I didn't know the... I don't know how, how much I want to go into this, just... Fair enough, fair um, enough. But I, I have tried psychedelics, and the time that I had on it was incredible. Mm. It was, you know, people always talk about, like... You're just doing it just because you want to, like, feel crazy, man. Like, whoa. It's like, dude, intention is everything. 
Yeah, with psychedelics. And it, I mean, my main thing, at least from what I've experienced, is intention is number one, and then environment is number two. Set and setting. 100%, yeah, set and yeah. setting. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I never experienced anything where I was seeing like, you know, small creatures making toys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did find toys everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. All made out of wood, very high quality, probably Mennonites, I don't know. <laughs> Rose. <laughs> Rose, ow. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely seeing some some interesting like patterns and, you know, mm -hmm. sense of oneness and, and like that kind of thing. Very, very peaceful. I, I would do it again, probably. It's um, fascinating. I've done... Allegedly. Allegedly, uh, yeah, I've done yeah. plenty. Allegedly, okay. Um, never seen anything that's not there. Yeah, um, allegedly, I've definitely. <laughs> allegedly, um, right. I've definitely well, like. Uh, I don't know. I've I, in meditation and other things like that while tripping, and or even meditation by itself. In like your your mind's eye, I've seen very vivid things. Okay. Right, but that is definitely the the brain firing at all cylinders when sure. it's filled with serotonin. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not really concerned in those being real in any sense. Okay. Or where they at what point are they like it's, it's sure yeah, okay. but I, i'm not i don't think none of it has crossed into any physical sense okay um if that makes sense all right like gotcha. definitely the mind's eye you you you're when you focus and you're able to to especially in darkness your mind will fill in the gaps mm -hmm. um which if you're doing psychedelics to more explore and not necessarily have fun like mm -hmm. it, of course they're, they're so fun and can be amazing but like my intention, as far as it comes down to, has always been checking in with myself and exploration, sure, and, and doing sure. that as safe as possible, yeah, and easing into it and taking my sweet ass time and like doing yeah. it weird and by myself and not around like weird people. It's mm -hmm. very, very, very serious about how you ease into that murky pool. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, um, DMT elves. Okay, so Santa was a <laughs> <laughs> so um, personally. People say that the elves tie back to the whatever. Um, I personally have never seen the elves or anything like that, but I have heard stories from interesting people that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen the DMT elves, or I've seen the psilocybin elf or gnome or whatever. Um, gnome. I, I've heard of the ambient walrus. The ambient walrus? Have you not heard of the ambient walrus? No. Apparently, I mean, I hold on. Now I have to feel like, I, I want to be right about this one in particular. Okay. <laughs> so DMT, um, in those visions, it's very um, common to, to see jaguars. Jaguars. Um, jaguars is a common theme in a DMT trip. And it speak in if you want to start diving into the whole collective consciousness idea, which is interesting, but again, I have no actual facts on that one. It's just really interesting. Um, jaguars trip balls on DMT all the time. They they eat whatever oh. vine and stuff like that. They trip their fucking minds out. And so the, the um, Terrence McKenna of all people, okay. right, these guys who are like psychedelic philosophers, okay, um, far out thinkers. They're they're fun like mind gymnastics if you want a good read. But like okay. generally, the truth is. Relative. Mm, okay. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. All right. Um, but yeah. anyway, before you continue, yeah. the ambient walrus is essentially just this m thing that became memeified after um, this uh, comic called Th a toothpaste for dinner, um, and people talk about like the the post ambient use level of lethargy mm -hmm. um, is akin to a walrus akin okay so you're not experiencing a walrus i don't think in any so sense, I mean, but it's, it's you're taking on walrus characteristics i think so i, I mean i could be wrong <laughs> when the ivory uh, moon shines <laughs> just a little belly flopping for like eight hours and then totally. we're back to it yeah totally with giant um, mustaches yeah. um they stampede yeah, dude. It's wild. Could you imagine being caught in a walrus stampede? Dude, it, it's, it'd be weird because it hit you in the knees first. Like, it, would, it, it wouldn't it would be... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That'd be wild. I don't know. 
Okay. Anyway, let's try it. <laughs> okay. We like find a shit ton of walruses. Uh, we we're gonna have to go pretty far north <laughs> or south. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Yeah, where are walruses? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Berkeley. I don't um, know. <laughs> so when you were saying the walrus, the ambient walrus, I, I was thinking like hallucinations. Collective, yeah, yeah, collective consciousness ideas, same as sure. Mark, were as well. Sure. But, yeah. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. So talking about psychedelics use, and I wanted to make sure that I I got you on this because you mentioned this to me the other night when we were talking about recording together mm-hmm. um, about Joseph Smith's use of psychedelics. Okay, so this is an interesting one, and it's it's very um, the idea. If you follow this one, you're the the what you're starting to believe is that this is a big secret that Joseph worked very hard to hide. Okay, because it's 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 possible is where it stands. Okay, um, and it explains a lot of unanswerables if you remove God from the equation. Oh, right, it's okay. it's when you look back at Mormon history, it's the miracles and all the visions and whatever, um, like speaking to natives. Speaking to native, that's a weird one though. That one's so weird. Like they, they, yeah. exactly, there's so many weird moments. Yeah, who totally. Knows? And totally. who knows if they like even she was maybe she was just speaking in tongues and like what is wrong with this girl? Like and they just assume yeah, this that family is insane. dealing with enough. She, <laughs> she just watched like most of her friends and family die, yeah. <laughs> and she's just like having a nervous breakdown. It's like she's speaking in their language because <laughs> they're just like whoa, 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 whoa. we don't know what you're up, saying, right? dude. Dude, I chill. can't believe you spoke to them. <laughs> They responded by hurting us. What did you say? <laughs> I said the white god said. Uh, that's. I think that's the story. Is wait like, what? I think this. That's the story. Is it was something about you know my white god, uh, uh, or something like that. I, I. I. Okay. That's one I'll have to look in the books for. But I think oh. there's something about like you know the Christian God, and I think in the simplest terms, the white god talking to um, any talking to any indigenous race of people and talking about the white savior. Oy. I, yeah, I need a backpedal sound on my soundboard. <laughs> beep, beep. Um, so, so if you remove God from the equation, okay. um, there's there's some interesting stuff where guys are like, well, here are the chemicals and the the, the different um, plants and stuff like that that could be used. Okay. Um, so it's it's if to buy down this, you have to kind of think that Joseph was keeping a grand secret, which. He might have been. Like sure. it's it's the it's the eighteen hundreds, dude. It's very easy to bury anything, especially in small town wherever in a in a community that you run. Yeah, totally. Right? Um very doable, especially when you're at a level of a profit. Um that's a ton of power in a it's in like a, trying yeah. to hide sexual abuse. Exactly. Exactly. Um and so it's what's interesting is these divine visions and whatever immediately stopped after Joseph died. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the cutoff in church history. It was when Joseph died, God stopped doing divine shit. Yeah. Um, and so the idea is, yeah. <laughs> the idea is, is that Joseph was serial dosing people. Um, he was playing shaman without consent, and he was, he was making people trip balls in public settings. And, and, and then would attach. And attach his, 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 his metaphors own. and his visions and, or his, his um, symbols and all that to it. Sure. Um, Joseph Smith ties back to the Freemasons and things like that. So that oh, dude, the bearing, masonry, yeah, the masonry, masonry stuff is, I mean, and its, cor- and its correlations to Mormonism are very uh, interesting. In fact, um, you should li- take a listen to my dad's episode. Okay. My dad's, he's number one, first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, he talks about how um, the connections between Mormonism and uh, Freemasonry and the fact that Joseph was like, I got this from God. And they're like, but it's all the exact same stuff from the Masons. Yeah. So you didn't get it from God. You got it from the Masons. That that whole idea, that lie, 
um, was part of the reason why my dad left, actually. It was, it was one of his big, like, no-nos. Was he a Mason that realized that through his study in Masonry, or was something he no. just stumbled on? No, it was it was the idea, because, I mean, obviously you can corroborate that very, very easily. Like, the mm-hmm. ceremonies, you know, foot-to-foot, knee-to-knee, chest-to-chest, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, the, the five points of friendship, mm-hmm. um, and all that. And he, I mean, he found that out through just, you know, his own, I mean, he's a total nerd. Like, he likes to jump on, you know, the history of Rome type of level, yeah. you know, nerd out sessions, you know. And so he was doing some digging with that and found that out and was like, but in Mormon history, it said that Joseph came up with that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then no. Then yeah. why are all these people who aren't Mormons doing it? That's what's so interesting is, is yes, Google is a cognitive bias machine. Sure, like it's, absolutely. it's built to make you believe whatever you put in the search bar. Exactly. You will find anything you want. We've built it ourselves and we're very good at that. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> um, and, but what's interesting is, is, my Google is very different from yours, depending on how you plug it in, whatever, and, and your search engines, the algorithm. And all we need out. to and all we need um, to do to, to find that out is look at our various ads. Yes, <laughs> exactly, right. Uh, but what's interesting is like. Do leaving, you want another beer? Um, sure. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. I'll grab the. Yeah. Um, leaving Mormonism is like a couple quick Googles away. Yeah. That's what's so interesting to me. Um, I'll take a piss break too. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll take. We'll we'll keep it recording, and I'll just oh, yeah. erase this part. <laughs> oh my god, dude! God, what so that's a, the ongoing joke right now—is her jerking off to Blade being sweaty. In the I didn't know your girlfriend had a penis. I knew you were gay. <laughs> okay, so uh, Joseph Smith mushrooms, yeah. psychedelics, crazy. Um, okay, so that's the big thing. Is is when he died, they stopped. Um, so there was some temple. What do they do? They what do they do for the temples when they're ready? Uh, what do you mean? Blessing. What's the whole ritual around welcoming a new uh, or oh, ordaining um, a new ordain? Yeah, ordaining a new church. I think. Yeah, what whatever that whole process is. Is the, yeah. the holy congregation? You got to get a recommend. Whatever, whatever. Way yep. back in the day. Yep. Joseph Smith is alive. They saw angels descend from the windows. Um, Oliver Cowdery drew the sword of Laban, which was a flaming sword. Um, there's, oh, there's wait, really? Yes. Because I haven't heard that before. The Oliver Cowdery drawing the uh, sword of Laban. Sword of Laban. Google it, dude. Pull it up on the Wikipedia. So, okay. um, there was a sacred wine passed around beforehand, um, which is interesting. So so you can either go about it where it was swine or whatever, and, and it was divine Christ or whatever. But there's there's a mass hallucination that, it, that went on in the Mormon church. Are you telling me they drank the Kool-Aid? I, Kool-Aid? No, no, that's cyanide, dude. That's a whole not Dude, I dove into Jim Jones lately. You want a good story, dude. Dude, that's a... That's yeah. a wild, wild story. As far as you singular leaders uh, leading off whims and, like, ultimate power and a thing. That dude... It's it, because he was so amazing for so long. Yeah. He was like such a force and like such a, a, a leading force for good the, in the, the most U.S. charismatic dude. So charismatic, did so much for civil rights, and then just like went bad. And it's it, so crazy. But that's, that's, that's um, uppers and downers, up and down. That's, you, you, these great leaders take turning points like Jim Jones and Hitler. <laughs> as soon as you start mixing sleeping pills and meth involved and Holy shit. uppers and downers, it will fry any brain and give this grandiose vision of who you are, whatever it is, and you are oh, the and, lead. And if you are also partaking in the sacred wine, mm-hmm. then uh, you are way more open to hearing those messages. Absolutely. And, exactly. and adhering to that belief. A loose um, third eye. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's real <laughs> loose. It's It's drifting. <laughs> Dude, my dad had a drifting eye when he was younger. Uh, there was an accident with a staple and a rubber band in math class. Oh. <laughs> and, and they were shooting staples at each other. And uh-huh. it just went awry and went in his eye. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so my dad had like this drifting eye for a while. Dr- 
weird because huh. like it yeah. totally damages cornea and and all that stuff so it started to just drift because when you don't use that eye to see when you're yeah. not literally perceiving <laughs> oh like light. so it was just blind it was just like yeah it was being, like yeah oh, so he had to, so he had to get that's uh, the lazy eye yeah i understand drifting mm-hmm. eye is a nicer way to say it, but it's quite because it's because it's you're not working honestly. yeah totally um anyway so yeah weird tangent <laughs> yeah weird one um mass hallucination and i think it was the kirkland temple the okay. dedication boom dedication found it. got it found it um we searched for it did you find anything? Um, yeah. No. Okay. So I was talking about the word, but anyway. Oh, word. <laughs> the word dedication. Um, but no, so I just looked up the Sword of Laban, Oliver Cowdery, and this doesn't have to do with like the Flaming Sword specifically, but it says here, President Brigham Young, this is from the BYU archives, by the way. So this is not me just like spouting bullshit. Um, President Brigham Young also reported that jo- Prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery saw the Sword of Laban when they entered a cave in the Hill Cumorah Whoa. with a large room containing many plates. Quote, the first time they went there, the sword of Laban hung upon the wall. But when they went again, it had been taken down and laid upon the table across the gold plates. It was unsheathed, and on it was written these words. This sword shall never be sheathed again until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God and his Christ. Journal of Discourses, chapter 19, verse 38. Wow. Man, these guys have lived such phenomenal lives. You Dude, stumble on real. a cave, you find a shit ton of gold plates and a sword. The sword draws itself. It's <laughs> incredible. I can't believe the, the legendary lives of these men. Dude, for um, real. Um, these men's. The men's. <laughs> the, the, the symbolism in that, though, in the story, in the, the I, lo- like, I love folklore. I, Dude, I, totally. I love that story. That's so, just the imagery in that is like, we stumbled on a cave with a shit ton of plates and a sword and <clears throat> hasn't been seen for 2,000 years, but... We stumbled on it on our walk. <laughs> <laughs> we were going for a stroll. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got way ahead of myself when it came to the Kirkland Temple because I, I honestly think that was like his biggest trick, right? The Kirkland Temple. It was a mass hallucination. Exactly. It was, it was so many people saw angels. So many people saw this. It was a dramatic event um, and really like staked a claim for Mormonism as being like a church with results. Um, okay. So, but Joseph Smith himself, the Smiths, um, were treasure hunters. Totally. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I am so glad. Yes. That you're going into this. This is what it starts with. It, okay. They're treasure hunters. They believe in fairies. They believe in hidden treasures. They believe in searching for answers or whatever. Yep. They have dowsing rods. Dowsing rods. Oh, that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did, do you remember? Did you watch uh, Murder Among the Mormons? No, I watched the first episode. Okay. And then, okay. Yeah. Finish it, and we'll yeah. Um, Familiar with Dowsing Rocks, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting shit. Um, I don't know where I stand with that, but there's so many people that are, like, so adamant about that. We're like, no, you won't believe it. They dug the well. Like, (laughs) they found the well. Yeah. But, I mean, like, how deep do you have to go till you find water? I know nothing about wells. I've been lucky enough to never have water from... Oh, I had water from a well in India. I didn't drink that water. Never mind. Okay. Um, All right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have much experience with wells. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a well person. No. Okay. Um... So they were treasure hunters, and they believed in looking through holes in stones. Like um, that was yep. the, the standard erosion in stones. You would find holes every once in a while. We used to look for them on the beaches in Maine. Yep. When I was sailing up there, my captain was all about like keeping them. Um, yeah. If totally. you found them, you gave them to his whole thing. But it's they would look through those things looking for hidden treasure. And so he comes from this long line of of treasures and fairies, and 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 I. Th- this is where it gets loose. Okay. This is where the research steps into new shit where I haven't heard anywhere else. Um, okay. But the idea is his connection to local shamans. 
and his connective Joseph Smith's connections yes. to local shamans, like native shamans, native shamans, and then also some occult shit as well. Ooh. Um, and there's some Ooh, ties with some mentors. Spicy. And so this is where like this information and the treasure hunting stuff is stuff I found after I left Mormonism. Oh, they, well, I mean, obviously yeah, they don't talk about the treasure hunting. They don't totally. talk about the fairies that the, but it's, it's, it's such a theme. And so there's, they tie them to like a handful of different chemicals. Okay. Um, psilocybin, which is, able you can, you're able to get in that area detura is one which is an interesting detura detura um are i may be sure pronouncing not, that poorly it, are you saying it's not doTERRA not like, doTERRA but like, doTERRA um, so close though. i know i know um i and i think doTERRA, i don't know i think doTERRA has a lot of more employees isn't it from Salt it's Lake? so so involved in the mormons that's and that's so, something it, i'm so interested in is that pyramid scheme and like how yeah, that took over a community and stuff um i talked to nurses who were like i lead with essential uh, essential oils you like, lead like, with it. I, I, yeah, I think I think there's a natural approach to medicine, and like so, I ta- I recruit nurses for a living. Okay, um, and so I talk to nurses all the time, um, and then also just like in my life. But it's so interesting to see the and that they're medical professionals and clearly know way more than I do. Sure, but that 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 side of naturalism and herbalism and chemicals and emotion healing and other things like that is so prominent. Yeah, on that level of and again, I speak to nurses, not doctors. So okay, so. They're, they're at that specific level, and that's all I can speak for. Um, if you have an RN, a registered nursing degree, it's, it's pretty unusually common and, and not comfortably. I don't like, or I'm not comfortable with how common it is that they're all about the natural healings and the medicine, and it's all about good vibes, my dude. And <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's push your arm your down and sense what happened to you as a kid oh, and Reiki that, and all that. Yeah, dude. It's, it's interesting how that stuff, though, like, goes right through a Mormon community, like wildfire. Oh, it, it gets picked up so fast. So fast. So fast. And, but I, I guess it's that, that step. If you're willing to believe in almighty God, you're willing to believe in perceived magic and the administration of, of spiritualism by man. But again, it's, it's still you magic. Wanna, you want to hear another thing that I got uh, that we were told when we were younger? Uh, we weren't allowed to watch. This came over the pulpit. Oh, boy. Uh, we're not allowed to read Harry Potter or watch Lord of the Rings. The occult, right? Because of its connections to witchcraft and wizardry and magic and... So when was that? What what year would would Oh man, I was I think I was like twelve at the time. Okay. So Yeah. This I, is, this was right after the two towers came out. So whenever that uh, two thousand one, two. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um that's when the two towers went down. I'm joking, never mind. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> now I need to figure out when did the Lord of the Rings Two Towers come yeah. out? <laughs> Uh, the two towers. Let's see here. Uh, the two towers. Lord of the Rings. Um, but the the, the there was like serial killers and and sa- satanic cults were such like a, a prominent thing that came hot in the eighties and like small towns hold on to that shit. It's two thousand two. Two thousand two. Okay. okay. So, um, pretty brave. A pretty <laughs> Peter Jackson to release that movie a year wow. after. You know, he's so strong. Put him back up, dude. Yeah. Unfazed. <laughs> Unfazed. <laughs> and then he makes King Kong, so it's okay. Did he go on to King Kong after that? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, With Jack bad. Black. It, Oh yeah, I remember that. Yep. Okay, so treasure hunting and all that. So, we, so <laughs> yeah. Joseph Smith is Dude, brought up we around. Are, we are hopscotching. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, he's brought up around the occult and the the idea of searching for answers and finding them is a big thing. And the other really unique thing about Mormonism and it came in this weird bubble and this small uh, this point in time where religions were sprouting out like crazy. Oh, the burned over district. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was everyone had a new religion. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And so he's brought up in this very specific place with the occult practices, with treasure hunting, with maybe ties to local shamans in the occult, which is no problem. They're lovely people. I got nothing to speak poorly about them. But, totally. 
Um, so there's a handful of chemicals they talk about. Nightshade's one of them. Yep. Uh, psilocybin. Uh, Amanita muscarias is another one that's prevalent in the Joseph Smith story. Um, and I'm loose on this stuff um, okay. as far as this information. And I recommend looking into it. Um, but it's really... What I'm pulling from is a theory, and it's 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 that idea of like if we remove God, what could explain this? And he does have questionable ties to to shamans and other practices and mentors that were very deep in this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, the only thing is, is is if he had ties to like herbalists that he could pull off a large scale dosing. Um, Getting back to the current, aka temple. the party of the century, dude. Dude, how could, <laughs> could you, dude, Theo? Could you imagine being at the tur- <laughs> at the fucking Kirkland Temple dedication? Oh my, no! And everyone's lit, dude. And lit. every dude, and you're in the eighteen, whatever, the mid eighteen hundreds, and people don't understand what's going on. The building is gorgeous. It's a castle showing up in New England. Like what yeah, the hell? In Ohio, oh, excuse me, Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, would people? I've, I, my my listeners from Ohio just barely listened. They're like, "What the fuck? We're not from New England." Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I meant to say Ohio. Um. <laughs> anyway, um. if you're from Ohio, hit me up, and I want to know what you know about the Kirtland uh, the Kirtland Temple dedication. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I and I should double check and look into it, but I remember that being a story. Is during the it's the angels. Um, Transcended? Is that when they go down? Descended. Uh, descended. Descended. Close. I, you yeah, can yeah. call it the same. I'm doing real good, dude. Yeah, I'm you're, really, you are. <laughs> if you were wondering, I'm doing it. great. You're, you're nailing it, dude. <laughs> um, it's interesting stuff, though. And so it comes down to the, the Tura plant is the symptoms that Joseph Smith experienced when he first saw the vision. First vision. Um, he was paralyzed for a little bit. He went blind for a second. It's the power it was, of, no, Theo, it's the power of Satan, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about doTERRA. That's a dark one. Um, I, I've never experienced that one, but it was, yeah, I dude. was, I had a buddy in India who, it sounds like a bad trip. Yeah. I don't know. Doterra, dude, for anybody, Doterra, who's, for, I think is where, yeah. For anyone who has done psychedelics and I, I have never experienced a bad trip on psychedelics, mm. but the stories that I have heard about people who have bad trips on that stuff, mm-hmm. it, I, you couldn't describe it in any other way other than literally Satan taking control of you and, uh-huh. making you feel this pain and this anguish and everything else. Which if is you what, had no other frame of reference, absolutely. Which is exactly yeah. what Joseph Smith experienced because yeah. he was overcame by the spirit of the devil and all that stuff. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm 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 getting I'm itching close towards the idea that Joseph Smith just was tripping balls. Yeah. I and Ooh, and, and serial dicey. dosing. It's interesting. And dicey, so that's the thing. It's dicey, it's dicey. there's not enough proof on it and the, the the argument to back that is like, no, he's he he hid all the evidence and all that kind of stuff. Who who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um so Deterra is a, an interesting one. I've never tried it. I had a buddy in India who I spent some time in India, only like two months, but I was just doing nothing. It was just bumming around. Okay. Um I had a buddy, Dragon Baba, who used to do everything. Like, he, okay. did, he used to do cobra poison recreationally. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> dude, you don't just say that in one breath, dude. One of his favorite games, no joke, Russian Roulette. Like, he's, he's played six times. Six is, like, the max of times you should play because I, I there's th- six I, rounds. I think there's only, no, there's, there's only one amount of times that you should play Russian Roulette, and that's zero. Apparently, it's amazing. Apparently, it's a crazy rush. Um, well, yeah. I, I'm all for, like, low stakes. <laughs> I play, but like no bullet. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I just do chips. <laughs> I don't really use real money. Let's put a firecracker in the barrel and see what happens. Yeah. Oh my god, um, dude, that's yeah. so wild. Animal. He was. He was so cool. Great guy to smoke weed with. Um, okay. yeah. um, he. We were talking about psychedelics and stuff like that and stuff in the area. And I didn't trip in India. It was not a good place to do that. I was I smoked you know, a ton of weed, but like definitely I was going to say, trip. like, how was that experience in the drug sense? Because I know that like. Going to Amsterdam, for instance, is like mm-hmm. it's a party scene, you know, because yeah. it's like decriminalized. 
red light districts, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, because all drugs are basically free game. Just don't be a douche about it. Yeah. Um, but I know that in India, the hashish, the, the, you know, you know, it's, it's a lot more spiritual. Exactly. Yeah. And it, well, it's more, you're drawing that crowd as well. Sure. Amsterdam is, is, has that reputation of like, try it. Like, yeah. like, like it's not that bad. Like, and look how we're doing it. Well, yeah. Um, Amsterdam, I, I would love to go. Yeah. Um, Dude, let's go. Cool. I'm in. I Fuck would love yeah. it. Um, India though, it's, it's very much is, has very heavy cultural um, ties. Sure. Sure. Um, and the type of tourist it pulls, you have that spiritualist. Yeah. That, that is a big pull from it. Everyone comes for meditation. Uh, what was it? It, it was meditation, it's almost like massage a, or one other thing. I can't remember. Or it seems like, remember, but. it seems like that's almost like an industry in, in and of itself in India. Spiritualism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went, I, I had two months with no obligation to be anywhere. Um, so I booked the first three days in a hotel mm -hmm. and then I figured it out from there, um, was how I did that trip. Uh, I, it was how my, long, how long were you there? Two months. Um, Damn, dude. Yeah. And I had, I, I the first time leaving the U S India is not a great call. Um, I mean, I went to China, so great. And I want to dive into that for sure. Okay. All um, right. I would love to, I want to hear more about that. Cause okay, that's, sure. that's far out. Sure. Um, that's totally. Absolutely. So I, Booked my hotel in like slums, um, which okay. I didn't know. So the getting there, like getting to my hotel was like a brush with death. And so like, that's how we started the trip. Damn. Um, and I show up in the middle of nowhere and I get chased by snake charmers and, or I'm in this, it's one of the biggest slums in one of the biggest cities in the world, yeah. New Delhi. And, oh my God. Um, yeah. And then I got like really sick from Delhi belly and spent like five days just puking. Smoking <laughs> Delhi <hash>. belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because the level of hygiene is so dramatic. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I but so I had two months. I wanted to see the Taj Mahal because mm -hmm. I was in the area. Sure. And at the time I had like an obsession with death. <laughs> and so um, I wanted to check out the burning gots, which are these open cremations that they would do on the banks of the Ganges River okay. in Varanasi. And so it's a city setting um, with burning bodies. So people who like self-emulation type of stuff? You're dead. No, no. This is cremation completely. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, so someone has already passed away. Yes, yes. And then they just have open burnings? Yes. Um, they have Holy two shit. different sites. They're on the side of the river, and then they just throw the remains in the river. Um, the Ganges River in that area is haunting. Um, oh, I would in this, I, I personally never saw anything, but like Duncan Trussell has some stories of like seeing babies in the river and shit like that. Oh, um, my God. Crazy. And 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 it, it, their attitude toward death is so fascinating. It's so different. So different. So, so different. different. I would be standing next to people gambling and watching these bodies burn. So I would get, they had. Um, what were they gambling on? Whatever. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. yeah whatever game was going on. Yeah. Um, but no one cared. No Indian one cared. Roulette. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Where it's just like six, six baskets of co one has a cobra yeah. or one doesn't have a cobra. All cobras have fangs. Everyone gets bit. One has a fang. One has fangs. Everyone else is defanged. <laughs> Everybody just punches a basket and one of them has a cobra in it. Oh, dude. Co that's cobra charmers, dude. Um, snake charmers in like the cities are like homeless people with like dead snakes around them. Yeah. You get out in the country. These are guys that will find cobras like in the wilderness like that's part of their thing and catch them barehanded defang them and like a lot of them just die because yeah it's a fucking king cobra <laughs> um and but yeah i met some yeah i met some cobra charmers as well smoke weed with some too dude. that trip i just smoked a ton of weed with people and dude, like just like sat with people and chatted and whatever um sounds like a fun time wild wild um so dragon baba explained deterra as as you you i may have my wires crossed but i'm pretty sure this was this drug um, you, you like are in and out for three days and like nightmares. 
shit is like what it is at a heavy dose and i think it's actually really low standing like i, I think it's it's very potent okay so you don't need a lot um we you were don't gonna, need a lot to experience a lot yeah we were talking about psychedelics in the area and he was like pitching on me and i was like oh sounds interesting and for a while i was like yeah maybe i'll take it and then i started doing my research on it, and i was like that that's sounds. one you lose track of reality with yeah um so what's what would be the intention of of using that tripping just, just altered just states. Trip. Just altered states. Yeah, That's I, it. No, I think, no intention is like deeper meaning, better connection. You know, uh, letting go of the past. I think you know. the Native American Native Americans had traditions around it that were um, like might have been a might have been rite of passage, okay. um, but also might have just been like um, some ceremonial thing or something like that. And, okay. and it's a pretty tremendous trip. It's a, that one's a heavy one, and that one they explained specifically for the first vision. Yeah, um, he's he's paralyzed. He's blind. It's everything seems dark, dim. Um, he's seeing shit and then the light comes and, and yeah. in any trip, the light has to come. I don't, I don't doubt that. Like it's usually it's, towards the end. If you're having a bad one. Exactly. If you're having nightmares, you're having dreams. I've had bad trips, um, as well. Um, and it, 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 it's, you experience hell and that can be a part of it. Sure. But, but it's, it's really just, it's, you're facing yourself. A bad trip is, is a very direct yeah. and hard look at who you are in your existence. Oh, and, yeah, and, and, that, that and that's what makes it so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Yeah. You have to look at yourself honestly. Yeah. Um, I, Shaking hands with who you are is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but it's, it's, and you can't sleep is the other thing. There's no get, yeah, high trip. If you take a big dose and hit that bad thing, there's no sleeping as well for the next night. Yeah. Just nature of the drug. It's, totally, totally. Um, but you, I, I came out of that with like the most resolve. Really? Um, yeah. Mo all bad trips I've had, I've walked out with like very high levels of resolve and like high motivation. I got to write more. I got to work out. I got to, because sure? I, I had a, a, a very fair look at where I was mm -hmm. and the mistakes I was obviously making and, and yeah. look at my blind sides. And so psychedelics in that sense. Dude, I'm into this, man. I can't I, recommend them enough. If dude, you're taking them in the sense of like meditate, going into them, pray if you want, like whatever you want. Yeah, um, totally. I've been my brother who is very Mormon. Okay. Um, he has been taking mushrooms with me. Um, oh. He had problems. He, I, I want to say had, but I, I don't know. I, the dude's awesome. I love my brother. Sure. I great relationship with my family. I left That's the church great. and they were all so open-minded and amazing about it. That's rare. Uh, I know. And I, I consider myself very lucky and I've heard some terrible stories. Yeah, um, man, for sure. My family, they're open-minded, like I said. So my brother, it's, it's, he's, he's seeing it as an expansion of his spirituality. Um, doesn't, oh. doesn't hurt the Mormonism side of it. It's his faith remains. Interesting, interesting. Um, but also That's weird. That's weird. It's interesting. And he, what's interesting, too, is he, um, he's, he's extremely logical. Okay. He is brilliant. My, my brother is this, this weird, crazy genius that like can build worlds. Like he, he's a computer programmer okay. and loves video games and video game designing and stuff like that. But like also this like extremely in-depth narrative world builder. Like he is a DM, like he like a, a legendary D and I, I don't play D and D with him enough, but like he has this wild, crazy mind that can just build narrative worlds. That sounds so appealing to me. I, I would love to play D and D with your brother. Yeah. 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 I, I want to, I will eventually try to get a show going with him. That'd be um, so I would dope. love to. Um, so dope. So he's been so open-minded and I was talking to him about it because I originally got into it because of my own mental health. Okay. Um, I was working on boats at the time. I, I was clearly, excuse me, I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in Maine. I knew no one. I was sailing, learning a dead art, and like just. And, what were and, you studying? 
Nothing. I was just working on boats. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what Not. you mean by dead art? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I was sailing on a tall ship. So seven sails, no engine on board, 150 foot, fully wooden vessel. Okay. So you're a pirate. Interesting. Um, sailor. Know, Pirates did, are pieces of shit. Dude. Didn't know that you were a pirate. Um, yeah. I, I used to, I, that's what I did before Spokane and boats and I was tour guiding and, or I tour, was a tour guide and I worked on boats. Um, tall oh, ships, yeah. water taxis, yachts. We uh, have a we have a guest on the show that's coming up probably after I publish your episode, uh, who got in, got in an accident um, on a fishing boat in Alaska, and his story is fucking wild. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it, it, any nautical story in Alaska is is fault with treachery. Like, oh, like dude, it's so that gnarly. is a wild so place. Gnarly. I was in Maine for the sailing. Maine is the best sailing in the world. Oh, totally. It's, there's three thousand islands off the coast of Maine. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's, it's sailing between them. It's just breezy, warm summer breezes, Captain. Warm summer oh, breezes. Oh, that's great. It was gorgeous. It was that's so, so cool. So I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm working 16 hours a day. I'm making $125 a week. A dollar twenty-five a week. A hundred and twenty-five dollars a week. You were making one hundred twenty-five cents a week. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so a hundred and twenty-five dollars a week. And okay, so you're just like a shipmate. I lived on the boat. I was a deckhand. Okay, um, we sailed six days a week, and then we were back for one day, just enough to get really drunk and do our laundry, clean the boat, and then load up with another ship full of thirty passengers. We anchor every night off the coast of Maine. Um, so you're just a tour guide. You're just doing tours. I was just sailing. I was, it wasn't tour guiding or anything like that. Tour guiding where you're like on the microphone. And I did, I've done tons of that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, but that's this, evident for sure. I was just working. I was just, you just work. It's, it was spiritually, um, physically and mentally traumatizing. It's an extreme difficult thing. Well, it's, it's a as, lifestyle. It's, it's as salty as you can fucking get. And you're Fuck. only there for passion. You're making no money. Fuck. Um, that's and it tough. was amazing. I can't recommend it enough. If you are yeah. tough and if you love to work and work fucking hard, Go to Maine or shoot me a text. I'll get you a job. I know guys who are looking. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot of guys want to do that. Um, yeah, totally. But out of that, you get this like this 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 pure group of just like ecstatic people. Yeah. Like some of the hardest working motherfuckers you'll ever meet. Yeah. All at a barbecue together. Like it was so cool. It's Dude. a cool, weird environment. Um, Damn. So I'm there by myself. Okay. And I, I, I'm struggling with depression. Okay. Um, and I, that's originally why I left the church. It was the level of self-hate that really came out of it. Yeah, um, and so that's common. Yeah, and so leaving the church, I was I was not necessarily I was redefining myself and figuring it out, and I was in the middle of nowhere by myself, and yeah, um, bummed out as all hell, um, lonely, of course. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I have, I've heard about acid um, is where I started, and and I knew about psilocybin. I tried it once in high school, had a minor trip, but it was phenomenal, a okay. great experience. Sure. Um, but in Maine, is suddenly I had the time. Acids out of your system in 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I, there's no problems there with the Coast Guard. I'll be clean by the time. I'll be clean sober, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. And without a hitch. And if you responsibly do acid, you can have a great summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, but again, I'm easing in. I, I'm sure. starting at 10, 20, 50, twice, 75, 100. Wow, 100, 100, 100. 200. Wow. That was way too far. That was the big bad one. Okay. And then ease back. But, um, so that's how I got into it was, was realizing that I do not have time to take care of my mental health. Um, mm-hmm. I am in this fanatics world where, where vices rule. Yeah. It, it is the hardest drinking, hardest smoking motherfuckers. Like, it's, well, I mean, you get, you, you, I don't think it's like the weirdest thing to say that like, okay, so if you were to take any group or, or any demographic of people that is known for drinking fucking hard, mm-hmm. it's sailors. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And we did. And and no way did it, it, did the acid help me lay off my vices. No, no. The vices were a big part of the world. Yeah. Um, Tremendously so. It was the culture. It was getting trashed on the regular. Like, or when you could, because we were working 16 hour days of hard physical labor outside on a rocking boat all day. Yeah. Um, You had no life. You worked on the boat and that's all that mattered. Yep. Um, And phenomenal experience. I can't, I can't reframe that enough. One of the most self-defining and most amazing, amazing experiences to to just. No. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who don't think that like doing something that is that intense is good for you, but it Mm -hmm. truly is. Yeah. I mean, my equivalent of that, it's nowhere near the same level of like physical labor and and that kind of thing, because I had a lot more time off than you did. Um, was working in the woods and doing wilderness therapy. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, because it was hell the same yeah. thing. There was a lifestyle, there was a culture, there was like... No you, life outside of... It's singular. It's what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, you, I worked eight days on, six days off, and those mm-hmm. six days off, those off shifts... I mean, you could you could do a lot. You know, mm-hmm. you could take you know, could you could take a road trip. You can go back home to your friends, or you know, all that different stuff. Yeah. But there was definitely like there's a type of per- we call them wieldy folk. Um, like there is a certain type of person that chooses to live outside for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, in the woods, and you are around campfire smoke. And you don't use deodorant anymore because why spend money? Yeah. You know, and that kind of thing. But, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't think that's a good idea. And I do think, I, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it's so good for you, even though it mm-hmm. sucked, even though it was tough. Oh, it sucked. And it it's 16 hour days of drinking yeah. and you're, you're trying to figure out how the hell to do this job. It's, you have crevices moving down your fingers as the months go. It, your hand, my hands were like just open wounds. Yeah. Um, and, and, and hard, I could hold a hot plate no problem when yeah. I was doing this because we're handling authentic line. It's not hemp rope, but it's still that authentic woven. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it took everything out of you. It was, Damn, it was, dude. it was a hundred percent commitment with a, a sociopathic captain who ran the ship and was a brilliant sailor yeah um, totally absolutely sociopathic like, oh totally like no empathy you he's, a, to he's a cat killer i mean um, <laughs> part of the lore um <laughs> part of the lore love it uh, okay so i don't yeah. want to stick on to sailing too much so yeah, you're right, talking yeah, about sorry, uh, yeah. so so joseph smith's going um, in and experiencing uh, symptoms well, ex- similar to do Deterra. Yes. Okay. Um, and then those you can go farther. They they also say peyote is prevalent, amanita, psilocybin, nightshade. This is on the list of they're like, these are possible herbs. Um, I went on the sailing thing, though, to talk about my brother. So he's, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into it. I went way off topic. I'm sorry about sure, that. But, but sure. um, it was, it was, I knew I didn't have time to take care of my mental health. And, and this was hard, dramatic therapy sessions pounded into each other. Like, sure. it, in no way, I tripped by myself. I went through art museums and listened to music, and, and it was completely solar exploration and deep look and honest looks into myself and what needs to be worked on. Sure. Uh, so with that, and with the, the, the research that's coming out from John Hopkins, I highly recommend if you're not familiar with it. On um, It's so awesome. Awesome. So with awesome. psilocybin and depression and yep. addiction and uh, it, with MDMA for... Um, PTSD is is it's crazy that the no, FDA and, is and approving Molly. It was so awesome that like, they're proving they're approving Molly uh, LSD and you know work with psilocybin and everything else for specifically vets. Yeah, and PTSD work is and the research is showing that it is phenomenal. Yeah, to but, help with PTSD. Yeah, and, but that's not a music festival. This yeah. is this is not just like you talked about right at the get go. It's it's all set and setting. It's all intention. Yep. The, as far as the PTSD sections or sessions are going, it's you are. They, the drug helps you get into a stable, self-confident, and comfortable place as much as that's possible. It warms yep. you up, yep. right? 
And so now you are in a place to to face your sorrow, your sorrows and your terror. And yeah. you, it's it's not an easy thing when those those sessions are. It's not taking Molly or ecstasy. It's, no. it's facing your demons with a chemical help. Yep. Um, so interesting stuff. So it's all about that intention. And my intention with psychedelics has rarely, maybe once or twice, have been for fun. Yeah. Um, and they were a blast, and that was it. Shallow, shallow experiences. Sure. Um, or you can dive deep and explore, or look into yourself, or whatever you need to do. But it's all about that intention. So with the the studies that are coming out from John Hopkins about depression, I was sharing with my brother. Sure. Um, because he was going through a spell and having some trouble, and it worked for me. Like it, it honestly helped tremendously, and it, it it brought me back to spirituality. When I left Mormonism, I was spiritually dry and fed up with it, and not interested. And and that is an yeah. aspect you can you can definitely sh shoulder off and no problem. Totally, you'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it, it's an aspect that was reawakened or was brought back to attention because of psychedelics. Sure, and, and sure. facing that, and and that's led into meditation and that sort of balance, which helps tremendously. Um, so my brother. We've, we've taken them twice um, at okay. this point. After the first one... Was it full doses or microdoses? Full doses. Okay. Full doses. Um, so the first one, we were just in the woods up here and had a fabulous time. And yeah. um, it was a cool experience with my brother. And that one, we talked a lot about our beliefs and, and very much got into like, he believes that someday I'll come around and I believe one day he'll come around. And that's where we stand. Like, yeah, um, that's and, powerful, man. And we're okay with that. It's yeah. we clearly can see the other ones doing fabulously. Like, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I'm happy you're enjoying your beliefs and whatever it is. And we shared a bedroom growing up, man. It's not. Oh, totally. It's we were very close. I was on the phone with him actually today to make sure I was okay to share this and oh, all okay. that. But yeah. Oh, cool. Um, cool. Glad but, we got his clearance. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was he was just like, no, I absolutely would love to. Like, I why shy away from it and plus like anyone i know who would care is not going to listen so yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i do have some listeners in logan oh shoot um yeah. i won't go into it yeah but um i think so i I'll, let me look at my demographics yeah. i'll see um so that first trip he was like um he it was he, he loved it and it, it did well and it, it gave him this 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 if i remember right it was like a burst of self-confidence is how he explained it but he he realized reasons to love himself that's awesome. And that led into him being comfortable dating and him oh, getting married wow. in August. It's like, it's, it's, we were talking about last time I saw him, he was like, that trip was what honestly, like, honestly changed my dating game and comfortable and confidence in that was wow. a minor thing that came out of that. He got game from mushrooms. <laughs> I, but just the confidence and the willingness to love is the other sure, thing. It's, totally, it's, it's, yeah. It'll open your mind to the infinite possibility of love. As, so, as hippie, as bullshitty as that sounds. But oh, totally. It's, yeah. So 1% of the listeners that I have from Utah are from Logan. So Damn. And, and Hiram, Hiram doesn't come up on the list. So It's, it's such a small town. Yeah. Um, but we got people from Payson and Magna. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody from Magna is just like, yeah. yeah good wrestling teams. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 so it's interesting to see him, you use that mushroom and that experience to, to, to dive deeper in his own speech spirituality. And, okay. and I think he, he categorized them differently. I don't think he necessarily could, Combine the two things where Mormonism is that spirituality and the mushroom is a separate spirituality. Okay. Where, where I, I'm much more of the mindset where it's like, it's all one. It's, it's, it's well, when you take mushrooms, that's exactly what you feel. Exactly. It's, it's all the same thing. oneness. Yeah. 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 Um, but even in the sense of like, like, uh, that was the big thing when I left the church. So the first one was the self hate. That was a big one. I okay. was really unhappy that I was masturbating. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't, ha I don't have any beer to click together, but yes, we, uh, <laughs> cheers to that brother. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, and oh boy, we can go into like the mechanisms in place to try to curb that. We, habit. we, we have a lot of th- things on our list that we need to get to. <laughs> yeah, <we do. laughs> um, but the other one was 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 this: these feelings are replicatable. Okay. Yeah. Like, totally. Like it's 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 it's. I found my burning of the bosom is in a joint. Like it's. Yeah. It's there. It's you can absolutely either have it even a further better experience with chemical use. I think I think God is very much just a chemical imbalance or the spirit at least. Well, yeah. I um, mean, the, it, and you talk about like what you can perceive as a biological organism. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like what type of things have to ha- have to happen in your brain to feel like God is talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same level, same mechanism, same level of hormones and and and, and all these different things mm-hmm. to get you close to the same level of experience intensity. Absolutely. And and that's why people go to, you know, that's why CEOs from Fortune 500 companies go on a Peru trip to do ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why people do drugs. That's why people do, I mean, whatever they do, whatever their fix is that you were talking about, like mm-hmm. with sailing stuff, like their, their way of medicating was getting fucking hammered. Yeah. And because the work is so goddamn hard and you just need a relent, yeah. you know, just to, just to have something to, you know, balance everything out. And I think that's what goes on with drugs, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I never, and this is something that I have had a hard time approaching specifically through my journey of leaving the group and leaving Mormonism as a whole and everything mm-hmm. else is that the idea that there is no such thing as bad drugs. Yeah. There is just drugs that are used bad. Yeah. It, the, no, no chemical is evil. It's silly to call a chemical. Evil. Totally. It's totally. so silly. That's hilarious that you think this plant that can grow next to your tomatoes is, yeah. is going to bring the devil into your child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, yeah, totally. And, and mm-hmm. that goes for, for meth even. I still, I mean, that's, it's tough to say. Like Great the, for war. The, yeah. It's, it's the upside of meth is if you want to run a, a highly efficient and bloodthirsty war campaign, there is no better drug out there. It's like heroin for guitar, dude. Totally. Like, <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and that is the, the and, and the the meth goes very well with evil. Is, yeah. is, is what it is. It's, totally, it's, it, it complements that well. I don't I don't know any really examples of like positive meth use other than like maybe Phil Hughes said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put him on blast. <laughs> Holy shit! Is no, he does Adderall. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stealing catalytic converters. Um, um, methical. Oh, yes. that drives me nuts. He, he has a. I love that 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 um, premise. The the meth is more ethical as far as big pharma. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. But why not methical? Always meth is more methical. That drives me, every time. I'm like, it's methical. I, I yeah. yeah. He doesn't like it. He, he might not take that tag. That's okay. He doesn't like it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I don't think that there is any reason. Like, and you're right. Set and setting is everything. So now, what I want to ask is where was Papa Joe Smith? Yeah. What was his set? And I, we know the setting because it was some random grove that yeah. now became sacred in upstate New York. Um, but what was his intention, do you think? I, I think it's... I, I honestly think that's the truest part of that story. I think his intention remains. I, I think... What, what, what was that specifically, in your opinion? To, to, to figure out what to... to, to he, he was going in with a question. Okay. It's 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 the if you follow the classical story, which is he's f- trying to figure out which of the hundred churches that have popped up in his neighborhood, which is crazy, hot single churches near you, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it was it was this bubble where like everyone was starting religion in that area, and it was this wild wild thing where everyone was looking for 
an alternative and and starting their own. So he was he was fourteen, I think, right? He was yeah, the original one. Yeah. Well, yeah, depending on when you talk. Well, I mean, he came out later when he said it was like, is that, like yeah. I just know the timeline is a little iffy. Have you read the CES yes. letter? No. Holy shit, Theo! That's What's another the rabbit hole. We'll go. We'll get okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I would love yeah. to. I would love to. Sure. Um, so he. He's 14 and he's looking for answers. Yep. Um, he reads in the Bible, asking you shall receive, whatever. The, yep. if that might honestly... Was that a quote? Did I nail that? Asking you shall receive. It's been an episode on the podcast. Boom. Pow, pow, pow. I read my Bible 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so... I, and so I think I think with that, though, I think um, in the, the shamanistic traditions and other things like that sure. is... A, clearly he had... Um, narcissism. He he was totally. an insanely narcissistic person. Totally. To to have the, the to to have the 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 confidence where you're like, I'm gonna get on stage and try to make people laugh is one thing. Like that's an absurd, silly part of narcissism. Uh, totally, hundred percent. To the point where you're like, no, I'm gonna shape your afterlife <laughs> and your generations, and and I'm going to whatever it is that to that level of of he was set on building a kingdom. Um, and and that's a huge and that's a tough that's a tough word. It's a powerful word. Mm-hmm. Kingdom means something different than just like a commune or a group yeah. or an organization or a company that's or a business. Yeah, that's yeah walls. <laughs> yeah, that's ruling. Yeah, ruling yeah. with an iron fist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but of course, that never came to fruition. Uh-huh. Whatever his dreamed kingdom, whatever. But he clearly had this like level of like I. Am important, and uh-huh. I am the one to find the answers. And I and I, he's brought up around these things where it's go looking, look through the, the holes in the rock. Um, the shamanistic tradition, take these if you need, like whatever it totally. is. Um, but he clearly had that mindset where, like, I, um, the whole point of the shaman in a community is to take the drug for the people. Sure. Um, as far as hallucinogenics and things like happen that through time, it's generally the shaman system where you have one spiritual representative that you're like, yeah. my arm has been numb for three days. And he's like, I will go into the ether and I will and find, find the answer. The answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. totally. Um, I mean, in, in a way, when you think of like the Wild West, mm-hmm. you know, like who was the spiritual leader of the town? It was the guy, it was the priest. Yeah. You know, like he, you went to him for your quote unquote therapy. Yeah. And like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So and it's it, the same idea. And, and instead of, of taking the chemicals, you're taking the rituals that represent the chemicals. Totally. And it's, it's just, totally. it's the same reason we've moved away from cannibalism. Instead of actually eating people, we <laughs> yeah. try the bread. And it's this slow process of turning um, bloody rituals into symbolic. symbolic. Yes. I don't know what that you owe me a soda pop. You oh, didn't say so. stop. You got to say stop by the time I say 10 and then you owe me a soda pop. Well, I don't have any soda. Pops. You've given me three beers so far, two beers so far, but the that third one, one. I'm going to take the third one. Yeah. Take the third one. I didn't know what to say. I mean, Jinx always does, you know, People play Jinx, and the rules of Jinx are regional. Oh, yeah. I think, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't And know. so that's why I demand mine. <laughs> 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 I get more free beers out of it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you're talking about uh, Joseph Smith's yeah. uh, intention behind, like, wanting to essentially, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, the idea of, of the level of narcissism is what you're talking about. Yes. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a culprit in the essence of mormonism and so and that's the thing it's it's hard to know chicken or egg um sure these kind of drugs you have a large personality when i come out of these experiences i'm like i'm nothing like i'm a real piece of shit and i got a lot of work to do yeah it reduces Um, you for sure some people come out of it just like i'm god (laughs) i'm god and it's my narrative and my word is law and that is because i have no other perception um sure prove to me that i am not the only awake person here (laughs) 
right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. exactly. And you can fall down that logic rabbit hole and, and there's something in those drugs that will breed grandiose mentalities. Totally. Um, and that's a pitfall. If you come out on a monastic trip going, I'm the best, if you're at peak and you're like, I'm God and with God, congratulations, you are. If you're coming out of the trip and the come down and you're like, I am God. Like, no, 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 dude, you're, you did the drugs wrong. Like, yep, go wrong back. One. Um, wrong one. So he, he, not only going for answers and the rituals around and, and literally seeking, which is like something we're taught to do. Go seek like Joseph. Oh yeah. Um, go seek. Yeah. He also has that background of the, the shaman's role of taking it. So I, I honestly think at a 14 year old grandiose thinking he's going to find the truth. And I think taking some seeds with him, whatever they may be or whatever. Sure. I, I, I it's not, other, it's, it's, if you follow that narrative of the loose connections to shamanism, which I honestly can't prove well, there is reports of it and names involved. I can't recall any. Sure. Of sure. Um, so I think that initial one, he was looking for answers and I think deter is the one, but as you go through, he, um, the Amanita muscaria is one that pops up more in the translations. The toadstool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the toadstool, exactly. The Santa Claus. Um, mm -hmm. That one comes up more in translations. When he was translating the plates and other things like that, oh. there's records of him being like drunkish or, or sluggish or out of whack or whatever it is. And it may be a concoction of chemicals. It may be different ones, different times. But with, with the kind of explanations of that, um, Amanita is kind of an explanation of that. Um, okay, because it's a downer, not a... Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, Another prevalent one, and I think this is the one that might have been the culprit for the mass sighting, um, because it's something easy. The Kirtland Temple dedication. Yes, the the rave of the century. Um, <laughs> was dude? Uh, could you imagine like a Mormon rave now? Oh, so I used to throw them. Um, <laughs> shit, dude, you want to know the tangent? I grew up in a, I, I I grew up in my childhood home was the Hiram First Ward. Okay, it was a, built in 1905. It is a Gothic. Um, basically cathedral that was the original Mormon church for Hiram, Utah from 1905. Um, and that, that balcony, was your, that was your house. That was my childhood home. Uh, Holy shit. It was a, a chapel with a full balcony, all the original pews, um, ghost stories to boot. Uh, fuck yeah. That's a whole thing we can. So I used to throw these dry parties where it was like Mormon kids cutting loose. And so there was no drugs or alcohol at these parties, but it was like grind fest. Like everyone shotgunning mountain dudes shotgun. Oh yeah. Shotgunning mountain dudes. But like everyone, like the, the depravity and the dance, I have never seen a filthier group of, <laughs> of people just or young people like teens grinding on each. It was, it they was were derfing, dude. Derfing? <laughs> Have you not heard of derfing? No. Oh my god, derfing. We're looking it up um, on uh, Urban Dictionary. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, aggressively grinding each other while making out. Yes. Uh, sex with clothes on. Yep. Basically dry fricking. High school. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's what we did. We made out for five hours. That was like well, my sexual relations through high school was like five hour makeout sessions with the clothes on. Hey, you know what? Mormonism, dude. You know what? Yeah. Um, Your balls were as blue as Rosie's dress. Yeah. <laughs> Rose. Oh, yeah, Rose. <laughs> yeah, dude, um, derfing. The people, yeah, I mean, it's like a high school, it's like a high school thing for Mormons, specifically in Salt Lake, Provo. Um, where it's like, yeah, dude, that guy's like the derf. Yeah. No, no, he, he's so like the derf king, dude. <laughs> derfing, that is the term. So that that's what was going on. Okay. Um, so have, you ever, have you ever done the Provo soak? Yeah. You've done, you've done that? <laughs> no, no. Okay, so I haven't done it as like... Um, do like as a loophole? Like I'm not like, ah, but, but you've, you've done it ironically. But, I, but my girlfriend and I are both ex Mormon. <laughs> you, you have to. And so we're like, let's try it. Let's see how it is. <laughs> I, <laughs> and it's it's terrible. It's not good. Oh yeah, I would yeah. think that it wouldn't be. Yeah. Hopefully, you want to try it? Yeah, later we can. <laughs> 
Holy shit, dude. That's I mean, so, funny. so that's basically like more. Joseph Smith is such a fascinating character. Oh, uh, totally. He's so interesting. His his ambition was so ambiguous and so out of nowhere. Like, holy fuck. Like he was the, a force to be reckoned with for sure. And, and a force that it, it, it's still powerful today. Like, kudos to him. The church Well, I mean, now he's, is, he's now like labeled as like, when you think of like, who is the Holy Ghost? It's Joseph Smith. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah he is like that Obi-Wan Like son, Jesus. Yeah, he is Obi-Wan yeah. for sure. Yeah. Damn, dude. Okay, so you're throwing these raves. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, those were just that's that's filthy. It was just it was like grinding, but no alcohol or no drugs. But uh, but of course, just like, so much sexual frustration. So much frustration. It was oh my crazy, God. dude. It was crazy. People cut loose. It was it was like we we would have like three five hundred people, three to five hundred people, depending on the year. Um, but they were like massive. The the valley knew about these parties because it was a hundred year old church with room for all these people, and I would build these massive sound sound systems and go fucking hard. Like damn, um, dude, that's and, so dope. But like otherwise, I was a recluse. Like. Sure. I would I would throw these parties and then I would just watch sad indie movies for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I was so so Jeej, or my girlfriend, um, she she came to like two of those parties. Okay. Um, she also came over once. We were playing Cards Against Humanity, and you were playing Cards Against Humanity. Apparently, made smoothies together in my kitchen, and apparently, apparently, apparently. Like you said earlier, I mean, she's I re- forgettable. I remember this happening. I just so do not remember it being her. She gave me a ride one time, I guess. But yeah, Jesus, I met her on Tinder. Um, okay, <laughs> there you go. Um, just put your girlfriend on blast yeah. for five minutes. So we, I asked you this question at the very beginning. But okay. I, as this conversation is, sure. and, and how it's gone. Um, so how old were you when you like when you stepped aside? Because it, how much was the process for you? Because I did like an exit interview with my bishop. Oh talk, yeah, it was no. like whole thing. So no, I did not do any of that. Well, I yeah, just, what was your? How old were you? And what were you? How'd you get out? So and, I was I was basically like I was saying like the incongruence between the what they were saying over the pulpit versus how yeah. they're treating others. Um, that was like one of the big, one of the main things for me. Um, and just inconsistencies and like okay, so what do you mean by feel the spirit? Yeah, you know, because I've never really felt that. I, I, I like the closest thing that I can think of that feeling the spirit at that time when I was a kid was like getting to a really awesome spot in a hike where you could see exactly. that endorphin rush, awesome, you know, yeah. canyons and 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 you know, being outside and and all that stuff. I had hundreds, if not thousands, of of quote unquote spiritual experiences yeah. where runners I runners high. Yeah, yeah, it's well, with it's, running, it's, with hiking, it's replicatable. So, so yeah. that was the one thing we went off with, and I'm gonna start another tangent. God damn it! But, <laughs> um, but when we were talking about the weed, weed and mushrooms and things like that, sure. uh, as an addition to it, it's not like those. those you can't reach those heights. Sure. Um, it's, it's, those things are great for, to see your spiritual potential. Sure. But these, these sort of highs, these transcendent altered states are doable through devotion. Yeah, um, I, I completely believe there's so much power in devotion, and I find my spirit through a joint, and you find yours through praying and being a fabulous, healthy, well-rounded person. Like it's the um, same thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then I find I have more time to do other shit. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a J takes um, a lot longer. <laughs> so how old were you though? Okay, so I was yeah. 12, 13, 14. Is those three years okay. were when I, I I think I was officially like done, done when I was like twelve and a half, thirteen. Mm-hmm. But the process. Because it's not just something where you just like decide and then it's over. Like you can't quit okay. fundamentalism cold turkey. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, with all that stuff going on with with what they were saying in church versus how they were acting and treating people. And I mean, a whole gamut of a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like I, I decided when I was, yeah, 14, freshman in high school, eighth grade, freshman in high school. I think it was like 
because I was homeschooled in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and when, my first year of public school was eighth grade. Okay, I and got, you were homeschooled until seventh grade. No, no, no. Just. So, so technically, it was it was not homeschool. I, I went to this place called Pines Academy, okay. and uh, it was this church that was or this church this um, school that was owned and operated by the AUB, the, the organization. Mm. My dad taught there for 20 something odd years. My grandpa oh, wow. was the principal there for over 40 years. Whoa. My aunt is there. I mean, I have so many, rel- all, all of, <laughs> all the people who are on that staff are my relatives in some way, shape or form. As a, as a spiritual, like, and, and they're doing full education, full um, education, math, science, history, English. We had a dance class, um, uh, PE. We did all of it. It was a school. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's where the chapel is. Um, and that kind of thing. So, um, it was, it's like the, the beating heart of Pinesdale yeah, for sure. Center, absolutely. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I decided when I was, yeah, around 13, 14 years old, it was when I started going to public school and started to get a lot more exposure to how people viewed the world and religion mm-hmm. and life in general was when I started to feel like, Oh, maybe this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I ditched the AUB and I was investigating the LDS church for three and a half years. Um, Investigators and talking to missionaries yep, or yep. okay did missionary discussions and it was funny because I would show up with my quad <laughs> like, four-wheeler uh, well no my uh, my Bible Book of Mormon uh, Pearl of Great Price Doctrine and Covenants yeah um, I would show up and it ha- I had my name engraved on the cover the whole thing <laughs> I had a case the whole nine uh-huh. um, and I would show up and they would start talking about like you know Samuel the Lamanite and you know talking about how he would you know. Uh, is it Samuel the Lamanite? I feel like I feel like such an idiot right now. Um, I know I'm not good. My my Book of Mormon stories. So Samuel. so how is AUB? Do they follow the Book of Mormon? Yes. and all that. So the divergence yep. is after Joseph Smith, right? Um, the divergence is actually, but it's a modern. You don't believe in alternate history. Same history for the churches, right? Yes. Okay. So where it splits is yeah. So you know, as far as ancient history, not necessarily. okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the AUB and the LDS pre. Um, Pearl of Great Price, though, is good for both. Yep. Okay, so we were more... Okay, I got you. Yeah, gotcha. it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing that we differ on, really, is, like, who can pass the sacrament, polygamy, obviously, and then, mm-hmm. like, the whole, like, if you're black, can you hold a priesthood? Yeah. And um, so was the divergence in the 1800s or the 1900s? 1800s. Okay, in 1890. Gotcha. 1890 was oh, the big gotcha. kicker. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't have enough at... Like, I would have to, like, take some pretty judicious... Uh, judicious notes to to make sure that i got the history down um between like when the lds and the aub split uh-huh. but basically the aub is a split off of a split off like yeah the flds and the lds church split in 1890 and then a little bit later the aub split off from the flds yeah and okay. the flds is home to like warren jeffs and, mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. other stuff um, um good old uncle warren yeah um, so my yeah. my girlfriend's sister-in-law was in to be engaged to warren jeffs wait Hold on. Say that again? Uh, my and and I may be mistaken on the story, but I I I know either her mother or her grandmother were for sure married to Warren Jeffs and she as a young girl, maybe 14 younger, was to be married to Warren Jeffs before this whole scandal happened. Holy shit, yeah. dude. So, my girlfriend, she she's down to come on the show if you Oh, I would her. love yeah, to yeah. have her on. Yeah. Um, she's cool, so but she's her she's a whole nother window. We grew up 15 minutes away from each other, but we had totally different experiences. I, when I left the church, it was like excellent interview Bishop. Thank you for all you've done. And he's like, of course you're a good guy. If you need anything, let me know. And then I bounced out forever. Oh wow. But I had a fat, I, but also I had a very wholesome ward, a very, mm. um, I always looked up to my bishops and they were always phenomenal men. 
Okay. Um, I I only had good experience. Like I really only had fabulous experiences in church. And really, my my biggest problem with the church was my own practice of the church. It was I was extremely strict on myself. And and <clears throat> nice, nice. Um, I would like I would like wear bandit or um, rubber bands on my wrist. You can snap them. Snap them whenever I thought of titties. Um, <laughs> for real? Yeah, for real. Holy for real. shit, Theo. For, when I was like 15, like high school, I was doing this. Um, dude, I was deep. I was like, I was like, and so I I, yeah. I have a very obsessive personality. I don't know if you've noticed. Sure, yeah, absolutely. In, in <laughs> comedy, it's, it's, it's a great vessel for that. It's oh, because totally. I pour all of this into that. But um, I, I, very intense as far as like totally. practicing discipline and other things like that. Yeah. As you can tell by my terrible body. But... <laughs> <laughs> so um whenever i thought dirty i would snap myself right on the vein um with a rubber band damn um i also had an ongoing ticker on my chalkboard wall of like how many days i could go without masturbating you kept track and then i would like wipe it and like it a fucking like, calendar i would come and like a I'd prisoner cry and then I'd, <laughs> like a prisoner no joke like a prisoner and it never counted more than like eight days Dude. <laughs> The analogy between being a prisoner to your own so, sexual but identity. It was, it was keeping track of the, no, and it was hell. It was those days where I was like, not, I was, I was, I, I was born in 97. Okay. I'm a young boy, sure. young chap. I, by the time I started touching my willy, Pornhub was established. Sure. I, I was using heroin as like a gateway drug into pornography. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like for sure. Yeah. And, and, but, and with that, it's, it's, I'm being told it's so weird um, it's, it's this, it's not, you shouldn't think that was a big part of the church is they teach, um, you are sinning and your experience is not the norm. Oh, um, um, so it's not accurate. It's so not accurate. They're just like, it's most people can just overcome this whole getting boners nonstop type of thing. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I, I, I didn't know how normal it was. And I was like, I am a freak. Yeah. I am a freak. And I, oh if, if I, if I, and my intent and like at my most like pent up point, it, I was like 17, 16. And I was like, if I don't go on a mission, I will be a fucked up human being Jesus. who will, who will terrorize my community and like just have no self-control or anything like that. Of course, completely wrong. But I was so afraid that like, because of my, my high level sexuality when I was a kid, yeah. um, as a teenager, excuse me, and just in general, I, I'm a yeah. very sexual person. I fucking love it, dude. All right, awesome. You're yeah. a human being. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's not that it stands out that much, but like I was like, if I can't control this beast, yeah. I will ruin lives. And, oh my god! And it was, and it was so <laughs> not that at all. But that was like the level I was at. That's and, exactly what um, I went through, man. But it got to the point where like the rubber band, just looking at it, would make me think of titties. <laughs> Because every time I thought of titties, my, my vein would be snapped. And then all of a sudden it would be like, I couldn't look at my wrist. And then it, like, it was like this, maybe it's like low levels of OCD that I might oh clearly God. had for my Yaya because she had severe OCD. But like, okay. um, that is how like the, my level of practice. And so I, my big holdup then spiritually was I didn't understand grace. Um, um, looking back, I think I had, I think it. I had a lack of understanding. So was, if you uh, believe in Mormonism as of diagnosing my, my spiritual journey, sure. that is the shortcoming is I didn't understand how much Christ could give. Okay. Um, I still don't okay. still yeah. really don't. I don't necessarily think he can give much. Um, well, I mean, if it's nothing, uh, unless that acceptance it's, can't I do. mean, unless it's, you know, fish and bread, then he can mm. produce a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you were 13, 14. Yep. Dividing, moving away from your family, clearly. You clearly have a great relationship if you have a functioning podcast with all reaches of your family. <laughs> well, it's actually not. <laughs> okay, so I, 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 
I have to delineate between what people call your close family versus mm-hmm. your nuclear family. What I call my close family is me and all of my first cousins and aunts and uncles on yeah. both sides of the family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when people say, oh, my close family, they talk about like their siblings and mm-hmm. their parents, right? For me, the closeness like I grew up with my first cousins, and you went to the same school as them as same well. Same school. Exactly, yeah. My, I mean, my 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 dad was my sixth grade teacher for all subjects. That's wild. Um, my grandpa was my fifth grade math teacher. You know, so like I I was never not around family when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And since there's so many of us, that's what you deem as being close because you had those relationships from a very very young age. Mm-hmm. And so I call my mom and dad and my siblings and you know in-laws and, and then that kind of stuff to be my nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my close family is just like one more ring outward. Yeah. If you can think of it like a concentric circle, kind of like mm-hmm. Captain America's shield almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would consider my first cousins and everything else, my, my close family and then second cousins and outward to be like family, just mm-hmm. the generic umbrella term family. Cool. And so, uh, my, my nuclear family is all about the podcast. Most of them have been on. I think the only one that hasn't been on yet is my little brother, but he's going to mm-hmm. be slated on to be coming on soon. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and so I have had so many first cousins, a lot of second cousins, a lot of in-laws, like, you know, grandparents, you know, like, uh, and uh, there's a lot of people, once you get to second cousin, third cousin, fourth cousin, mm-hmm. when they start to think of this podcast as a, uh, severe detriment to their way of life. I have gotten right. a lot of feedback right. on how horrible I am. But that's also because they don't necessarily, they, they don't have a re- working relationship with you as well. Totally. It's, it's, it's that it's the double standard of that. It's, it's, it's not like they have different views than the people in your, your closest concentric circle or whatever, your first and second cousin. Sure. But they know you and they know the, the gentleness you're approaching the, the subject. And I mean, I do what I can. I'm yeah. also not going to shy away with how I feel. Yeah, you, you know? shouldn't. And totally. So, I mean, there's, there's hate that comes my way, but it's all right, you know, and, and that's their reality. That's where they're operating yeah. from. And I, if I want them to understand where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. I have to do my level fucking best to understand where they're coming from too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the way it goes. I mean, the, the church is a big reason of like a lot of the positive aspects of who I am. I, I derive back to the church. I think, the, yeah, I, it's, I, their stance on homosexuality and, and AUB is a whole nother bag of worms with sure. still, still struggling with like whether black men should have the priesthood. <laughs> yeah. Silly. Um, yeah, it's it's the level of exclusion and 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 male dominance and other things like mm-hmm. that. It's those are at this point like any organization I'm weary of. Um, totally, totally, I would love to dive into Freemasonry, except for why <laughs> I don't have I don't have the stuff in front of me to to really make sure that I'm getting things right with it. But basically, from what I know with Freemasonry is mm-hmm. that Joseph Smith was himself a Mason, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. and he was a part of the local chapter or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and he started to kind of like really get into the the ceremony mm-hmm. itself, like yep. the idea of ceremony, sim, you know, symbolism and, and power all that of ritual, stuff. power of ritual, yeah. all that stuff. And, uh, the Freemasons didn't like him because he was this good looking, well-spoken charismatic as fuck dude. Yeah. That sounds like the Freemasons, right? Yeah. yeah that, that, that sounds like their side of the story. Totally. <laughs> right. Like, we don't, we really hate how gorgeous this man is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So basically, you gotta go. Yeah, look, you're man, too pretty. You're making this look and bad. You're, you're really smart and you're well, you're eloquent. And it's like, what group? What, who, what guy is like that group doesn't like me because I'm beautiful and well spoken and brilliant? Yeah, that's their take on the situation. Joseph. Well, I mean, because I, I, the reason why I use those adjectives is because is because they're the 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 other Masons in that area. Their daughters 
were just like, who's this Joseph Smith guy? Because he was a young guy actually interested in this old shit. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah. so they, like, Joseph Smith was basically recruiting all these dudes as and daughters. And he was like, I'll marry all of them. Like, yeah. he's not even holding back. Yeah, That's he doesn't care. Thing. He's like, totally. yeah, I'll marry all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And so these guys are like, dude, you got to get out, man, because he's fucking all their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he's like, all right, fine. So these masonry, it's not free anymore. These masonry. <laughs> Yeah, how dare you call yourself Freemasons? You're not even free. Um, but yeah, so he, he basically, from what I know, and I again, I am more than willing to be wrong about it, but like from what I know is that basically he started to essentially groom the 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 young minds of his fellow Freemasons, mm-hmm. um, not the Freemasons themselves, but their but their daughters and their and their wives even, huh. um, and that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, I mean, yeah, well, that's the big problem. If anyone's going to the Freemason den or whatever it is to get laid. <laughs> They're like, we gotta get that guy out. Yeah, dude, come on. No one else is here to get laid. No one here is like able to lay. No, it's like Boy Scouts for dudes. (laughs) Um, I was saying I I would join Freemasonry. um, Okay. But it's that exclusion factory. Why? Yeah. Who gives a fuck who's in it? Like, yeah, yeah well, let's have our secret club, but it shouldn't be matching testicles. Like, why are we, why is that the demanding thing? Like, <laughs> I'm actually left handed, so it doesn't match. Um. <laughs> but it's, it's so that, that at this point, there's like, that is what holds me back from organized religion and stuff like that. Just as these, a whole in general. As a whole is, is, is the exclusion in some arbitrary sense of power and generally how that goes to men and how that goes to straight men and straight white men as you keep going. It's totally, um, it's, it's silly. And there's really cool community, like, um, uh, universal, the, uh, I can't remember. There's these, there's churches all over the place and they're so common. Um, but definitely Christianology, Christianology. <laughs> Good callback. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's praise whoever you want. We're coming together and we're going to talk nice things about the spirit. And so I, I, I went to one of those for mother's day. Oh, it's mother's day tomorrow. Um, it is. Topical. So four, three years, four years ago, I went to one of these churches, like to this day. Um, and it was, it's one of those where it's just like, let's meditate on mothers. Let's sit and think about how lovely our mothers are. We're going to have some kids come up, sing about moms and whatever, but it's, yeah. it's, it's non, um, what's the word? Non, non-denominational. That's the one. Got it. It's non-denominational and they don't give a fuck who you're praying to, but it's just like, let's get together in community and try to retain that community aspect of it. And totally. Have a, a, a vague, <laughs> a very vague. Uh, we have uh, a bass player. He's 19. <laughs> He's 19. <laughs> <laughs> the word comes through the bass because we can all connect on the bass. Like, Dude, I mean, anytime you have someone playing the bass, everyone gets horny. So yeah. that's the spirit. But it's, it's some vague sermon about whatever God, but who cares? Like it's, it's be better. Like it's that, that yeah. idea of, of getting together once a week to be better. I think there is something so powerful in that and i totally. think there's something absolute power in devotion yeah um neither is for me uh i got other <laughs> shit going on <laughs> i'm busy i'm busy um but it, it's it's yeah so yeah i don't know i'm trailed off yeah no it's fine you're asking me about like you know um being 12 13 the process of leaving and and, and that kind of stuff from my so, end but as a as a teenager and get in high school years and stuff like that, was yeah. that a big wedge within your family, or was that something that they um, not with my nuclear allowed family. you to go? And they just they're just we, with we got my, you, dude. You're a good dude. Yeah, because yeah. my parents and my siblings as well. They we all left on our own terms. Oh, they all left, but at the same time, like independent of one another. Uh-huh. But then we kind of had this aha moment of like, oh wait a second, we don't. None of us. Yeah. 
dude, that's so great. And it, that honestly, cool. that level of like, oh, we all decided to leave mm-hmm. on our own accord, in our own way, in our own time, mm-hmm. but all just so happened to be at the same time chronologically. Yeah. That was the fucking cement for our yep. family for sure. That's cool. I had no idea your family was out. I thought, yeah, you, man. as far as your nuclear family was still in. Um, yep. That's what my friend group was. Yeah. Um, the, the, all the people I hung out with in high school, we all started Mormon and through high school, we all independently and through our own routes left the church. Yeah. Um, and, and then came to that point where we're just like suddenly in a circle passing joints and we're like, Oh fuck, you're also having one. That's fantastic <laughs> to hear. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's so weird. It's, it's this, it's this weird thing, but that, that it's definitely frames who I am. And, and, and that, that, that part of you that looks, how can I help? Is totally. you, you walk through, how can I help? You walk into a kitchen, how can I help? You see leaves on Lila Lee's lawn, you get some people together. and you. It, me and my dad used to go to Lila Lee and Elaine Hepworth's house every month. Yeah, There were these 80-year-old widows. Um, Lila Lee was 90-something. She was in Boy Scouts for 50 years. She was my Boy Scout leader. Yeah. There are, you, are you an Eagle Scout? Life Scout, one short. Ah, damn um, I know. Um, you suck, dude. I know, I really do. Are you Eagle? I got, of course of I course you are. Yeah, yeah, you're a fundamentalist. Yeah. <laughs> No, there's we a lot. You go on our Falcon, dude. Like, <laughs> a we lot. made up our own ranking. <laughs> <laughs> Just have top of it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, I'm a Dragon Scout. Um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> there was a there was there's a lot more non Eagle Scouts in the AUB than our Eagle Scouts for sure. Word, but um, half assers. Yeah, totally, totally lazy pieces of shit. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I know way more non Eagle Scouts. But anyway, no, it was it, yeah, like we. We had the same kind of thing where it was like we all realized that that was going on and then it just became cool. this this thing that just solidified our relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And my my parents' relationship was on the fucking rocks mm-hmm. for sure. And they were both, you can think, like if you were to like think of it as like a boxing match, like the rounds would be like my mom would have my dad on the fucking ropes, mm-hmm. almost knocking him out. And then the next round it would be my dad on my mom. Not literally, mm-hmm. obviously not. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but metaphorically speaking. Like but my they, mom had a mean right hook, dude. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. No, she has, I mean, she could combination. She could play. She defense. could take a punch. She could like. take a fucking punch, man. She could. Um, both of them can. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, but, but the, the, through that process though, they're both leaving independently or did they leave together? Well, it was kind of a, they held hands through it in a way because they were obviously married. They touched gloves through it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. They had standoffs. Uh, <laughs> there were nose to nose. They're talking shit to each other. Yeah. It was a whole thing. My dad doesn't have an ear. Yeah. <laughs> Bit it off. He didn't have an eye, but <laughs> oh right, 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 yeah. yeah. Staples. <laughs> <laughs> Those sta- from the corner during did Christmas. Just staples in your house growing up? Uh, yeah, of course we did. Oh, okay. My dad was a teacher. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. 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 What no. are you going to use paper t- clips? <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so they they obviously they were talking with each other throughout this whole entire thing, mm. and so they kind of came to their own conclusions and then approached each other with it and had to have and they had to fucking. Have it out because my dad grew up his dad had more than one wife he had a ton of siblings he was raised to believe this way Mm -hmm. dude my dad was being groomed for like leadership in a way that was like you are going to be the prophet next soon like get into the council now like all that stuff he was on that track for sure Mm -hmm. and my mom was dude i i have nothing but just the most i mean this is totally poignant too because mother's day's tomorrow but like my mom dude she is She's a fucking rock, mm-hmm. man. Like she, she is the rock. And my dad was fucking the dude from Russia. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, like she, she understood that she couldn't be anyone but herself. Mm-hmm. 
and she knew that she was never going to live polygamy. Like mm-hmm. she grew up LDS, grew up going to temple. But not uh, AUB, LDS. No, no, LDS. She okay, was yeah. doing work for the dead. And you yeah. should listen to her episode, man. It's I would love to. amazing. That's how far I got was work for the dead. That's yeah. the farthest I got in the church. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So she was doing that, like, I mean, religiously. But uh, she she was just ready to go with Mormonism. That was the way that mm-hmm. she was raised, all that stuff. Um, and then my grandpa, through his own means, uh, got into the AUB. And living polygamy and all that stuff. And okay, so it wasn't, you, you guys came into it from the outside. Um, it, my mom did. My mom dad did. was raised in it. It's your grandpa, though, converted. Yes, my okay. mom's dad converted in. And, oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, gotcha. my dad's dad was raised in it as That's well. What That's what I thought. I was yep, yep. Okay, gotcha. So then they basically had their own, you know, they had to hash it out themselves. They figured oh, yeah. it out. My dad thought that he was going to have more than one wife. I mean, because that's how he, that's what life was going to be, exactly. you know? No, no. These were the steps ahead of it. Exactly. Yeah, and so my mom basically like they, she told my dad at one point, like, if you get another wife, you're going to be marrying her as a first wife, because mm-hmm. by the time you have a wedding, I will already be taking my kids and gone. Damn. My mom's a beast, man. Yeah. Go your mom. Yeah. She's amazing. Wow. And so, um, my dad had to kind of take a serious look at himself um, I'm trying to get him to, to try psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a, I'm, I'm also working that. I, I think. Yeah. You're, you're working on my dad too. Yeah. I'm working on your dad. That's awesome. Talking to him. That's yeah, great. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I didn't um, know that. But so so <laughs> I, I, I'm slowly introducing weed into my family. Okay. Um, uh, my brother didn't like it. Um, I, my whole thing with weed and my brother was like, you're not taking mushrooms without experiencing weed. Oh yeah. Like, we're not starting with mushrooms. That's, <laughs> that's uh, like, yeah. like, so drive that's almost like leaving the country for the first time and going to India. <laughs> Stupid. Um, <laughs> so my, my, my brother, like I, he drove up and then I was like, let's get high the night before. So at least you have like that, like let's, let's alter your stage just a smidge. Yeah. So you, you're not thrown by it. Like, cause that's the worst in mushrooms. It's so gradual. Oh. And then also you, if you don't know what you're going into, it's also, and you're in like this, it sneaks up on you and totally. like, and, and it's so totally. alien. It's so alien. Yes. Um, incredible. And I can't recommend it enough. Do your research and do it safely. Um, but, it, and do it with someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but, and so my parents, I, and my family, I'm like, I would love to, I would love to, um, my little sister, she left with me. Okay. Um, she kind of followed my footsteps, uh, she was never really that into it, whereas I was super and then bounced out pretty quick. Sure. Um, she was pretty always out of it, but, um, but I was definitely like there for her through that process. Cause I yeah. kind of st- took the first steps going that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were talking about, and I thought that was so interesting is, is you're talking about, it's when you entered public school, yep. um, is when that shift happened. Yeah. Um, it, com- well, I think the shift happened beforehand, but public going to public school, like really solidified it. Sol- not so much solidified it, but sped up the process word. Yeah. Okay. So I, so I grew up in the same Mormon community. Uh, okay. My, my high school was like 60% Mormon. It's sure. seminary was kind of a required class, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, I never had a dramatic shift like that until I started like discovering podcasts. Okay. And so it, it honestly, podcast is what pulled me out of it. It's, Interesting. it's what, what, uh, it, it made me realize other opportunities of other possibilities. We had that level of self hate. We had the virtue signaling and the exclusivity of it and all that kind of stuff, which is gross and not what I'm for. But sure. The, the, the really, the third thing that really took it home was all of a sudden I was listening to Duncan Trussell. I was listening to Joe Rogan. I was listening to all these other experiences of how to do it and be happy. Yeah. And enjoy it and do have fun. And because it's Mormonism, it's just like, this is the way. This is the church and this is the way. And don't waste your time with that other shit. Yep. Um, you're not going to find anything there. You're just going to get sad and then come back. Like, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then all of a sudden I started hearing stories from guys who were having a great life and doing weird shit. And with that, realizing comedy just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I've listened to Joe Rogan since I was like 14, 15. Sure. Um, I was also listening to this other podcast called God Awful Movies. And it was like a group of, I don't think they were comedians, but just like filthy dudes <laughs> who would watch Christian movies and then just roast them. Oh, really? And one of them would always like have like this heavy argument of like, this is why theology is stupid and all whatever heavy atheist undertones. Oh, sure. But it was super funny. <laughs> and they were making fun of Mormon movies. And I was like, oh, this is so funny. And I disagree with these guys, but they're fucking hilarious. I mean, they're they're right? roasting us. I mean, I don't agree with it. Yeah, but, but they're funny. They're funny. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's watching, so, watching so, church ball. Yeah. I, <laughs> watching the Mormon musical and the, the Mormon church, how they played that is gorgeous. Oh, dude. Gorgeous. They put a fucking bill in there like, if you like this and want to learn more about if you the wanna, church, in the play like bill, play, yeah. they bought an advertisement. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Dude, yeah. Buy an advertisement no, on your I, own yeah. parody. I know it's amazing. <laughs> I went and saw that that play in Salt Lake City. I still haven't seen it. I want to. Also, oh, Diva Eagle Eye. Theo. But, oh, um, Theo. I know. Would. My first mate was obsessed with it. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Like, I, I sat down and I was- Did you convert? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a believer. <laughs> Immediately in <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> um, but dude, I, I sat down and I was cry laughing for three and a half hours. Oh, I oh see dude, it. it was one of yeah. the most amazing. Dude, I can't begin to tell you how cathartic it was because, and this is another trail that we wanted to go down. Is with cathartic this. like Catholic? I'm joking. Cathartic. Um, but no, I, I remember sitting down and I mean, the way that they wrote that musical was so poignant and not Mm -hmm. just the, not just the, um, the songs and stuff, which I mean, there's definitely like part of that for sure. Um, I had a, I had a soundbite of one of them. We would bless Asadiva Evil Eye. Oh, um, dude. Constantly. Blow. Oh, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Was that Blake Frank? Uh, no, this is my little brother. Ew, blows. Um, but <laughs> but no, there's one where I I had a. That's not it. <laughs> that's for personal use. That's uh, for mom. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it might be. It's probably not. And now we're just we're probably gonna cut this out, but that's fine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. No, that's not it. <laughs> While you look more, I'm gonna go pee. Okay, do it. <laughs> Can I get? A- Oops, sorry. Yeah. The headphones. I didn't know you were back there. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, where is it, dude? It's here somewhere. But I have the uh, natural soft piano. No. Turn it. Oh, here it is. Okay, but. Basically, no, I, uh, there's a section then just the way that they wrote the, the musical was incredible and not just the turn it on like a light switch, just go click. Right. Like that stuff was just so, it was so amazing and so, so incredible to sit there. It opens up. Oh yeah. 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 Keep going. Yeah. Um, but basically like their songwriting was amazing, but not so much the songwriting, but for me, the jokes they had in between, like the dialogue itself, Mm -hmm. um, part of the play, I was, I was dying laughing because they set up their premise work. I mean, they talk about Abinadi (laughs) like dude. So they have like deep cut references to Mormon, you know, the book of Mormon itself. How do you write an Abinadi joke? 
Exactly. Well, that's exactly it. That's. I mean, I have one. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. For a Benedi? Yeah. I don't remember the Benedi story. Is it necessary? Yes. I guess if I mean, you got the joke for it, you got to be able to do break it down in a second. I mean, basically, yeah. like he's the one that got burned at the stake because of the evil King Noah. Right. Okay. Mm. And I, when I was telling this joke in Salt Lake City, of all places, at the open mics there. Wise Guys? Uh, yeah. Yeah. At a Wise I Guys. I want to see it. I've heard Dude, it's a great club. It's an amazing club. Yeah. Dude, it's I've so heard great. great things. It's so great. Um, and I would tell Brigham this, Young had visions of he, that club. He, he did. He did. He's like, <laughs> I am a wise guy. <laughs> this is how you set up a comedy club <laughs> wide alleys, but not too long between the booths and the tables. <laughs> Everything's in a square. You number it. Yeah. And for some reason, the temple's the most north thing in the city, but everything below that is south. Yes. <laughs> and that's just good God logic. Yeah, like. that's the way it goes. Um, but yeah, so the, essentially the joke goes like, you know, I would ask the crowd, like how many of them were, you know, are Mormon or used to be Mormon, mm -hmm. you know? And then I would talk about like how I grew up in a, in like the most Mormon Mormon place ever. And I'm not talking about Provo. I'm talking about like fundamentalism mm -hmm. um, and how like, you know, if you are the type of person that, you know, used to be Mormon, I don't really take you for the kind of person to bring green jello to a Benedi's barbecue. <laughs> um, and that usually got a, a pretty decent laugh and everything, but, um, that's good. Benedict's barbecue. That's great. Yeah. And so yeah. then I would just basically roast Mormons and how, like, I was always jealous of the, like, I grew up, like, w when you grow up in fundamentalism, you get jealous of, like, the stereotypical Mormon family. You know, <laughs> like, the mom who had a wine stash uh -huh. and the, ga the dad who's secretly gay but won't admit it. And, you know, the girl who thinks, you know, the daughter who thinks anal sex doesn't count because it's not God's hole. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that kind of thing. So, and then I would roast Mormons for a while and, and it usually went over pretty well. And there was this professional comedian who followed me one night and he was like, he gets up on stage and his first joke is like, damn, Chris, that's depressing as shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to Jay Whitaker. But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Running Mormon material in Utah. Oh, it's, they, it's, they, it's, you could pull it off, but I'm sure they're exhausted from it at this point. Well, I mean, it, it was hack uh -huh. for sure. It was hack, but unless you had actual experience and you could really get those deep cut references, mm. then when you showed an effort of your level of creativity with your writing, then they would be able to jump on it pretty quick yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and be about it. Because then you have Something the people new. who are like, yeah. yeah, but then I went in I, I, my, buddy, my Mormon friend's house and then I went in and I was like, hey, does your mom have any peanut butter for the sandwich? And he would be like, which one? <laughs> like, that's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like it. That got that got old. Like the crowd was tired of that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but if you showed, yeah, like I said, if you showed that you actually knew your lore a little bit, then they would be. That makes I, sense. I like how I, you, you like how you uh, you reference it as lore yeah. in, in its own way. That's kind it of is. A, it is absolute lore. Totally, it's, it's, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, biblical lore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta pee. I got this tiny bladder, dude. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Jesus, that flew by. Yeah, dude. Um, that was like the first time we've actually hung out. I think, like, because every yeah. time I've seen you, it's been like first, like loud Apple. music behind us, yeah, or comedy, <laughs> and then it's it's short talk, and then we get into flow state and talk about flow state forever because that's the only thing I care about your job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's totally cool. I honestly don't really. I know that you study flow state and and sports well, psychology. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm about to get into studying it pretty mm -hmm. in depth, but yeah. It, well, it, there you go. But yeah. it, by getting into it quite in depth, you've, you've, you have way more knowledge going into it than I do because of that pursuing mm -hmm. that interest sure, just sure, by sure. nature of it. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time I've had the chance to like sit down. You're a solid dude. Oh, I appreciate thanks, the hell man. out of you. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm, I'm very, very into it. I, I appreciate it. And you're and you're one of the funniest fuckers, dude. Dude, I, dude seriously. Like I, I love, and I've actually, okay, so <clears throat> recording my sets 
and this will, I don't know if this will be in the episode or not, but whatever. Okay. But, um, but I've, you know, recorded my sets mm. and your laugh specifically <laughs> makes it into all of my sets. Cause you're fucking funny. Oh, thank you. Is what I, it is. I, yeah. I, I really appreciate it. It doesn't make it into a lot of sets. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever uh, I go back to work and I have a bunch of friends who are still interested in like, you know, they've come out to comedy before mm. and they've watched me perform and like that kind of thing. And, um, then I show them like, oh, so how did you go? Uh, you know, how'd your set go at the club last yeah. night or whatever? And then I was like, hey, do you want to listen to it? And so I just pull it up on my phone and they listen to it and they hear your laugh. And they're like, who is, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's my friend Theo. And then they came back and they saw you perform. Oh, really? Cool. And they're like, who's the guy that takes his shirt off and like oh. talks about aliens and stuff? <laughs> he looks like a clean post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's my buddy Theo. And so now yeah. your name is like come up with like, how did you do? How did Theo do? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man, it's dope. It's dope. Cool. They they really dig your stuff. It's fun. Well, thank you. Yeah, fuck yeah. That yeah. UFO bit's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I love it. chance to take my clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you're the only, the only time I've ever taken my my shirt off on stage is because of you, so. That was a, fu- that was so fucking funny, dude. That was a fun night. That was such a, f- oh, I love Draft Zone. Dude. I love drafts on so much. It's such a fun. Um, room. That was hilarious though. That, that, <laughs> because it was like me, you, and some. We, we started the show with like funny people. Well, like you, to, you, you, you took bullet. Yeah, and then and then Ying was second, and I was third. And Ying is hot right now. Yeah, she is. Ying is She's so doing good. fucking funny. She's right doing now. good. Um, she, oh my god, her her fucking her seventeen year old boy <laughs> kills me, dude. Kill, I cannot believe that's what she came back from quarantine with. I, it was yeah. so funny. Totally. So I, I it was like joy when I first heard that bit. Where yeah, I was man. just like, you are not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> And then she made it work, man. <laughs> she a, made it work. She's funny, dude. For she's, sure. She's her recent shit is killing me. Yeah, it's doing yeah. good. It's but doing yeah, good. so it was it was like a stacked little bit, and then also we were playing off each other. That was such a fun one. And then Phil came yeah. out. Did he take his shirt off? Yeah, because he Thank he God. came up and got me off stage, and he took his shirt <laughs> off before he came up. <laughs> Frank Sinclair, I got more stretch marks than my mother. It's not coming off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Frank's so funny, man. Frank kills me, man. He's great. Yeah, I, uh, I completely offended his brother. I think his brother does not like me. Oh, really? I, before I knew Frank, I had his brother over because he was like a coworker to my girlfriend. Okay. Completely offended him. Um, oh, no. I know. I I, I don't know. I, he, it was a tough one. I was throwing these barista parties at the time. This is when I was working at Starbucks. Okay. And so I would like get all the baristas, which is a fucking weird group. Right? I was going to ask you, what kind of... Uh, <laughs> Are you guys shotgunning Americanos or what? No, no, no coffee shit. But no, I, I would get I would get like a group of baristas who Starbucks baristas who is a weird bunch of people. Yeah, um, yeah, and and then get them like super fucked up. Like, <laughs> like, like we would go so far and like just pounding drinks, getting high, whatever it was. Yeah. But it would, it was like this insane, like it was so silly because you see like people you work with that's like, I got an Americana and it's like, so good to see whatever Starbucks <laughs> and then just be sloppy drunks. It oh was like God. the most beautiful, like social experiment in a sense of like, everyone <laughs> is so dramatically different. We have this tie of this like weird green thing in our life. And <laughs> And then and then all of a sudden we can like curse around each other and it, it yeah. was it was ridiculous. Um, I can't remember what brought me onto that tangent. Uh, um, talking about um, I fucking lost it too. Who knows? Who knows? This has gone all over the place. Yeah, we've um, we've been we've been hitting a lot of marks. No, we were talking about Ying. Uh, yes. Talking about comedy draft zone offending offending the brother. Offending the brother? Or no, your your uh, Frank Sinclair's brother. Oh yes, yes. So he came to one of those parties. Okay. Um, and and it was him and his girlfriend, and then a shit ton of drunk baristas talking Starbucks shit all night. Okay. And I I 
was also drinking whatever, but I was I was making jokes because he was young and I was making fun of how young he was. And yeah, I my in Florida when I so I when I after high school I moved to Florida, never been to the East Coast, didn't have anywhere to be. I just wanted to work on yachts, so mm-hmm. I did that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Which is the most Mormon thing in the fucking world? Is it, dude? Think about it. Like, yeah, what do you want to do? It's like, <laughs> what's the most white privilege bullshit that you yeah. ever heard of? I want to work yeah. on yachts. I, and I did. I worked on yachts <laughs> for a long time. I, I, I worked on a boat where our Fiji water bill for a season, six months or so, four or five months, $13,000 for Fiji water Holy shit. was our Fiji water bill. Oh, my 13 God. 13 grand. That's, an, that's insane. Yachting is vile. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so gross. It's such a tremendous waste of money, resources, and just terrible for the environment. And uh, the boats themselves look like stormtrooper armor. They're so yeah. ugly. Yeah, not good. Yeah, it's gross. I, I hated yachting. Anyway, um, so you're in Florida. Yes, I was in Florida. Oh, and so my my I was 18, and they, I was exclusively known as Lil Baby Theo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the dude can get over me being like, ah, you're not even 21. Ah, this is a drinking game, whatever. But... Yeah, I think yeah. I, I offended him pretty greatly, but we'll see. Because he just, like, ghosted us after that. Oh, damn. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. He seems oh, well. cool. I don't know. I, I think I was the asshole in the situation. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who knows? Dude, I uh, I when I told Ying that I lived in China, <laughs> she she's like, oh, where did you live? And I was like, oh, I, I was living in Shenzhen. She's like, oh, Shenzhen, very nice air. <laughs> Is it good air? Yeah, it's known. It's known for having really high quality air. You could <laughs> you could see across the street in, in Shenzhen. You could see the <laughs> There's blue skies in Shenzhen. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, dude. Um, oh. And that was as much as we've connected. We have never hung out. Nothing past that. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, really past that. she bounces pretty early. Yeah, and she, she she like works with an online writing group. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and so it's not like she needs this community. She has this like well established online comedian community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, good for her. That's good for her. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. my scene, but cool. Cool. And it's working. It's, she's been pounding those Zoom mics, apparently. But she, she, coming back from quarantine, she's been funny. I, yeah. I, I have loved the stuff. Her new she's flat stuff good. is hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, I know. That's so <laughs> unless, deep. Uh, unless you're in the Spokane, Idaho, Pandahan, area. Well, get here. Get here. We yeah. have mics most nights a week. And, and dude, I'm going to say it right now. Spokane is popping. It's been fun. It's, it's been, been popping. so man. fun. I came here originally for the comedy scene. Um, really? Because it's so terrible. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so I, comedy has always been like a, 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 something I've wanted to do. Like sure, always. Sure. It's been deep in me. That ties to Mormonism. I... For my testimony, every single fast and testimony meeting. I was first one up ages 13 to 15 or something like that. Like every single week I was jumping up in front of the board. And that's one of the cool things about Mormonism is you have eight-year-olds giving long prayers over a congregation. (laughs) Like that is so far out that you have the weird man. Crazy. And so that's actually like how I found and loved public speaking was that, um, God damn it, I'm losing track of my tangents at this point. So you're talking about comedy and the reason why you came to Spokane. So I came to Spokane because it had a mic, a club, right? And and so I lived in Coeur d'Alene a little bit. But what brought me to Spokane was like, I was like, it has enough of a scene where I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And it will not matter. There is is not a a person here, and I'm mistaken now, but I still kind of feel like this, is there's no one here that will really matter as far as... um, my comedy goes. There's not one get, that's going to introduce me to a larger career thing. Like, I think there's money involved here and you can do well and have fun, but I don't think there's any careers in comedy in Spokane. Okay. Um, and there's guys proving me wrong, like, right now. Like, sure. who cares? Um, sure. There's some very funny fuckers here. And so Dude. that was my impression coming in. Yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want and no one will care. Yeah. 
And that's what it, it was. It's, it spoke, I came to Spokane because it is the woods, and I'm going to sharpen my knife in the woods. Yeah. So when I get in the real world, I can stab a motherfucker. <laughs> um, but you can do that in Spokane. And you can do that in Spokane, yeah. But, and, and, but it's, it's, when I first got here, it was, it was very much that. I was just like, it, who cares? There's no one here, whatever. But totally. now as, as I've gotten into the scene, and as the scene has developed, and as the people I've, I've worked with for over a year now, like, gotten funnier. Like, everyone is really funny right now. Yeah, and, like, man. all the people I hang out with are, have gotten really funny lately. And dude, it's, seriously, like, I mean, everyone's, dude, I, I tell my buddy in England all the time, he's been on the show a few times, mm-hmm. um, but he, he and I did comedy together in China. Uh, which is a whole nother ball of wax. I want to uh, hear about it, dude. Yeah. Um, but he he and I are like you and Blade. Like we write mm-hmm. together all the time. We bounce ideas off each other. We're trying to start a podcast the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, I, I tell him, I as I'm driving home from Mike's, I always like send him just a bunch of voice messages on Facebook. Uh-huh. And I tell him like, dude, man, you got to get here. Like it is, it's, it's on the way up. I have, I, there's been like maybe a handful of Mike's that haven't been like holy shit that was a great time yeah you know and it's so i mean even last night dude last night was like you you, you go and and there's there's three people in the crowd yeah and Eight the rest comics and or whatever yeah yeah, yeah tw- 10 comics i think mm-hmm. is what it was yeah and so you're performing four comics mainly which is always tough yeah no matter what because half the crowd is getting ready for their set and the other half thinks that your jokes suck and they can do it better than you can and we've all heard it that's the other yeah. thing too is we, it's a tight-knit community the same guys come out we've all heard it yeah yeah, yeah. we've heard those jokes a hundred times before. everyone showed up with like worked on shit though last night though. yeah like it's, it's not that like it, last night was so fun um it, it, there was no one there um yeah it was like and, and which is weird for draft zone draft zone has been like 50 people to on the get-go some nights yeah, which man, is it's insane for a such a fun room it, it's so tight it's so yeah. tight it's built for comedy yep um um, I it's my favorite room. It yeah, is. It's totally. phenomenal. I'm so excited to see what Market Street Pizza that that. So what Mike's wanting to do with that mic is what's going. What it has potential to shift the Spokane scene. I agree. And to take it and to uplift it to that next level. Um, I've been working. That's how I originally got in with these comedy guys. Was Mike? Yeah. Mike was where we were writing open mic reviews. Um, and so this was all over the nation. We were reaching out to comedians and we're like, Hey, we want to review your comedy. We're going to write reviews for whatever. And so the whole idea is we're going to build this network of comedians nationally and start promoting open mics. So we're running reviews of like the hottest open micers in every city. Yeah. And if you have a comedian, you think we should check out, send them our way, whatever. But we watch the clips and then we write like a quick review on like their six minute clip or whatever. Sure. Right. It was cool. It was really fun. And Mike got me into this thing and we were planning on doing a podcast out of it and then quarantine hit and we're like, this is the whole idea of this is to promote live shows. Yeah. And there's no more live shows. Yeah. Um, so he was pitching people on ideas about this and he got like one or two reviews. I think Blade wrote a review, whatever. Blade keeps coming up. Um, he pitched this idea to me and I, over the next like week or two, wrote 16 reviews. Damn. And just cranked out a shit ton. That's and awesome. It, it did a ton for my comedy in the sense of where I was just like, I just... Um, dissecting comedy but um, that is the shift that 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 got me in with Mike Thomas and eventually in with everyone else um, but he, what's so cool about Mike and why I love working with Mike is that's a good dude man that dude will pitch you a hundred businesses in an hour yep. <laughs> like, yeah he'll just rev at you but at the same time he has ideas for like long-term ideas of how to monetize this and how to grow it and, and to yeah. make it make it worth something worth but the yeah. but the but the money part from my, what I've talked to him about and the vibe that I get from him is that like you the money comes after yes it's, right it's not it's it's, it's not the priority yeah. it's not the priority the priority is live shows Quality. getting people to be funny and be creating an environment where people can just like have, feel comfortable getting on stage as much as they can and that's all individualized mm-hmm. right that's all subjective and having a good room to back it like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's dude Market Street is gonna get 
fucking think, wild, man. Mark it's going to be, be awesome. great. It's going to be a great mic. I have high hopes for that. Yeah. Um, I, and with Mike running it and how he thinks through things and charges things with a business plan. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, he's... That dude is, he's right now harping on Josiah about how wonderful Josiah is. And, and no one is talking about how wonderful Mike is. Mike, through the pandemic, I was working through Starbucks through all of 2020. Yeah. Um, and as that comes, we were fucking broke. My girlfriend lost her job halfway through. We were Postmates to pay for weed, whatever kind of shit. Yeah. Last year was a grind. Yeah. It was an absolute paycheck to paycheck grind. And I, I sure. am so fucking happy we got through it. And we're fabulous now. But yeah. it, was a, it was to the wire for a year. And, yeah. and Mike would show up and be and buy us dinner. Like he would show up, such a he would dude, cook man. at our house or he would just show up and buy Like he'd be like, Oh, let's go to Wisconsin burger. And me and Gene would never go out to eat at this point. We're yeah. like barely scraping by. And so, yeah. and so it was such a treat to go out and he would just front the bill. And now he still does that, even though I really don't need to like, at this point I'm trying to pay for his food constantly. <laughs> yeah. um, he is such a phenomenal guy, but it, him market street people, pizza falling into his lap is going to be a cool thing for the scene. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. Are you all right? I'm fine. Ghosties. We're good. Um, but no, for, <laughs> I don't even know if this the last like 10 minutes is going to go in, but whatever. Yeah, who cares? Um, Throw it in. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like the Market Street pizza, it, it's a pizza shop that's going to turn into an open mic. And used they have to be a room. like a comedy club. Yeah. Room it used to be a, yeah. Yeah. It used to be like place for people to perform live. And it's gonna get it's gonna get wild, man. It's gonna get great. And the way that he's structuring that mic is gonna be great for people who are on their way up, yeah. and for people to come in and just try it out. Yeah. And I mean, the way that I mean, the, it's exactly how we structured things um, when we were in China. Did you, you know? build the mic in China? I didn't build it, but um, there's this guy named Ryan who uh, was kind of the main guy. Um, but there was a handful of us, like my buddy Fraser from England, this guy named mm -hmm. Dwight. Um, Dwight, Dwight Wozich, he's, Wozich. Fuck, Wozich is his name. Uh, he's from Oregon. He's a funny fucker, dude. Uh -huh. Um, and we had a few local comics, like ethnically Chinese local comics That's who so would come cool. in and they, you know, they knew English and, and mm -hmm. they needed to know it for their job and like all that stuff. But the, the harp that I played that I just made my money basically off of was just jokes about, you know, teaching English because mm -hmm. you're teaching you, you, I mean ev the 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 expat scene there like you can nine times out of ten you see an expat or aka a white person or a black person <laughs> um, and you non Asian there's yeah. someone who is not Chinese and you would say oh what do you do and then nine times out, out of ten they would be like oh yeah I teach English mm -hmm. it's because it's such a big industry oh yeah um, and so my money maker was just the experience of you know teaching English. And mm -hmm. I mean, I have probably close to 20 minutes worth that work really, really well in China. Yeah. <laughs> but over here, not so much. You've read a handful of them um, and they're good. Yeah. Like you yeah. have some funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll work. I'm, I'm, I'm letting it gestate a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really going great with the bald stuff right now, but mm -hmm. we'll work on it. Did you just shave your head for that bit? No, I've been shaving my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've been shaving my head for like a, two years almost. Yeah. Uh. But let's call it there. We're yeah, holy shit. Yeah, and then Jesus, if you if you want, we can we can pick up tomorrow. Anytime. Um, probably not tomorrow, but right. yeah, let's find a time. Fuck I, yeah, I'm dude. totally down. Dive into something. We, we got a lot more to talk about. I, we went <laughs> fucking far today. Yeah, dude. Um, my girlfriend would for sure love to come on. Um, Hell yeah. She's got. So I left with Grace and had a fabulous time and in good standing with everyone. She, she left in just rumors and and vile and lies and. Yeah, it, she had a, a hell of a time getting out of it. Yeah, man. Um, but she is a tough bitch because of it. She's hell yeah, absolutely man. impressive. Yeah, love the shit out of that girl. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. She's yeah. wonderful. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Cool. Thanks for having me, dude. This was cool. Yeah. I appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cheers.